Hey y'all, Rick Houston here, and I want to tell you about my new show, the Moonshine and Motorsports Racing Podcast. I've partnered up with the state of North Carolina Department of Natural and Cultural Resources to help uncover the history behind moonshining mountain boys, professional wheelmen, and the backwoods and city lights of the Tar Heel State. In the first episode, I sat down with Winston Kelly at the NASCAR Hall of Fame for a little behind-the-scenes gossip about Junior Johnson's engineering skills. He's got two things in his hand, pipe wrench and channel lock pliers, and they weren't new. They had been been around the block a time or two. Wasn't the first deal they built, I bet. No, no. I think the the pliers had been red before, but paint had worn off. And in the second episode, I talked to a professional hillbilly, a.k.a. Dr. Daniel Pierce of UNC Asheville, to find out the real history of moonshiners and their battles with the revenuers. He wrote about one of his experience of trying to chase down this uh, this bootlegger and this this souped up car, and he he complained that the government gave him these piece of crap, cheapo cars, and that, that were really no match. But he thought he was doing pretty good, and then the guy just hits it and just takes off and practically disappears. But then the guy makes a bootleg turn uh, and comes back towards him. And as he said, it was a game of chicken, and I was the chicken. And so he ran off the road. And actually, he was the guy who who caught Junior Johnson at his daddy's steal when Junior got tangled up in a a barbed wire fence. So check out the Moonshine and Motorsports Racing Podcast, available on YouTube, DailyDownForce.com, and all of your favorite podcasting platforms. And be sure to check out my regular show on NASCAR history, the Scene Vault Podcast. Eric Estep here. One of my favorite parts of being a NASCAR fan is collecting diecasts. It's how I got my start on YouTube, actually. To me, a room is not complete until it features shelves of NASCAR diecast cars. It's as good a time as ever to continue your collection or begin an all-new one by pre-ordering your favorite driver's 2022 next-gen diecast at LionelRacing.com or at any authorized Lionel retailer. Lionel is the official diecast of NASCAR, and don't miss Lionel Racing's NASCAR Authentics diecasts at a Walmart or Target near you. Not only is Lionel the official diecast of NASCAR, but they're also official supporters of the Out of the Groove Podcast Network. So what are you waiting for? Head to LionelRacing.com to order your favorite driver's 2022 diecast. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday.
Hey everybody, welcome to the NASCAR Weekly Podcast here tonight on Danny B Talks. I hope you guys are having a great day. We've got a lot to discuss after probably the longest memorial race weekend that we've had since probably 2009, but definitely the longest one since we've been doing our shows here on YouTube. Got a lot to get into tonight. Let's start off with some hot takes. We've got our usual panel here tonight, myself, Eric Eastep, Darren Gilliam, and Jarrett the Iceberg. So let's get right into it. And uh, I got to make sure I know who's starting us off here tonight. It's going to be Jarrett starting us off for Hot Text tonight. All right. I need to reclaim my spot on the throne. We got the red ticker on the bottom with that breaking news. That way we can at least let you know about it now um, <laughs> while we talk about it later. But the, as for Hot Takes, uh, two years ago or a year ago, depending on two races ago in this historic race known as the Coke 600, uh, I had said that it lost its luster, and I still stand by those words. Pre-2022, the Coke 600 was a shell of its former self because of how bad the ne- uh, the Gen 6 car was. Somehow, this car, the next-gen car, has become the, honestly, I think, the best-performing car at this track in at least a decade and a half. And this track, I think, is vying for the best track of the next-gen. So my hot take is this. because of how good the racing is because of how prestigious the day is. And because I think there's a huge opportunity to put yourself right up there racing wise and maybe prestige wise with the Indy 500, not beating it, but up there with it. The Coke 600 is the second most important race of the year, only to the Daytona 500. It sets up the summer. It's a good way to bookend the early part and the first half of the regular season. And in a lot of ways, I think that if Fox can market it correctly, the racing continues to be this good and you have sort of this hype for the day built up over time as long as you don't have rain delays. I think this race needs to have more emphasis now put on it because the product is now up to par. The marketing, God forbid Fox could make a change every now and then, should be up to par. Uh, And the day itself, I think it could firmly put itself up there with the Indy 500 on on those standards. Uh, and stay way ahead of Netflix. That's my hot take. Stuart Haas Racing's been going through some some stuff lately. But you know what? I'm still holding out a little bit of hope. Not just one, but I believe by the time the playoffs start, we will have two Stuart Haas Racing cars in there. I know. I know. It's crazy. It's like, what? <laughs> Darian, did you, do you not see the breaking news on the bottom right there? What are you talking about? I know. Don't forget, Kevin Harvick is still there. He still carries the team. Look at that. He was outside the top 30. Jimmy Johnson for Legacy Motor Club. All three of the Legacy Motor Club cars were ahead of Kevin Harvick at one point. And then fast forward to later in the race, he's battling for the lead. So Kevin Harvick, I am not worried about. And Chase Briscoe. Yes, Chase Briscoe. It is not a good look for that team and him to cheat after finishing 20th, <laughs> basically, to get that. But we'll talk about that later in the show. But before this, he had a streak of top fives going here. So he's either really, really good or really, really bad. So I'm still holding out hope that we will have two storehouse racing cars in the playoffs by regular season Z. Both Kevin Harvick and Chase Briscoe. Don't let me down. That's pretty zesty. Uh, My take is going to be as red hot as this red ticker right here underneath me. And that's a little bit what I want to talk about. Obviously, we'll get into the penalty later on. But uh, this is just the Chase Briscoe penalty is the latest in what seems to be a never-ending barrage of massive penalties. Some of them 
behavioral penalties like Chase Elliott getting suspended or um, Denny Hamlin at Phoenix earlier this year, but we've seen several massive penalties. Some have been rescinded thanks to the appeal panel, but between Louvergate, Austin Dillon, Chase Briscoe, just the latest, it feels never ending. In my opinion, my hot take is that NASCAR teams are killing their argument against NASCAR. Uh, with the whole media rights negotiations con- continuing, the teams keep saying, hey, we need more money. We need more money. This business model is not profitable. NASCAR this whole time has been lobbying for a cost cap. I think they're telling the teams, hey, no, our model is profitable. You bozos just keep spending way too much money trying to cheat. The whole point of this next gen car was to eliminate any gray area. There's no more gray area. It's black and white. Either you mess with the spec car or you didn't. And the teams just refuse to accept this culture change and they're killing their own argument. So I think at the end of the day, when the next media rights deal or the next agreement gets signed, probably later this summer or later this year, I think the teams are going to have to make more concessions than they wanted to because they're killing their argument by overspending and cheating on a near weekly basis. All right. My hot take for this one is in a season that has just been absolutely crazy for this guy, Denny Hamlin seems to every week we talk about Ross Chastain being in the news every week. He is in the news every week. It feels like himself, whether it's run-ins with Ross Chastain, whether it's run-ins with, uh, with Chase Elliott, somehow, some way he's going to find, find his way to be in the spotlight. It feels like, and not to, not to mention, you know, he's got his own podcast now where he's always got to have something to say about it. I feel like things are, it's just going to line up this year. This is going to be the season he finally wins a championship because what else would be better for a guy who's making headlines in all sorts of ways this season? I'm feeling like this could finally be the year. Hamlin, with all the spotlight on him from everything, will somehow end up the champion this year. That's my hot take. I think he's going to win it this year. That might be the winner. Yeah, that might be the winner. (laughs) The the driver who typically falters under pressure has put more pressure on himself than ever before. To win a championship. (laughs) Yeah, dude, there's... There could be a lot of uh, yeah, legacy on the line there too, uh, when you put uh, it like that. Dang it, I just realized that's fair. Darren, Darren. I saw Darren. Hey, Darren. Hey, Darren. Dang I really thought I would win. They're still going for Eric on that Wow. One. Well, okay. Ooh, I it's might finally have one, boys. I don't so know. So early. Yeah, Maybe so we early. have a lot of Hamlin fans in the chat, and they don't think your take was that hot, Danny. Uh, I, I oh, no, 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 no. Here, here we go. Here we go. Somehow no. we found all the Denny Hamlin. Uh, gonna, oh, nope, there, gonna, there they go. There I'm they go. gonna say this: yeah, anyone ever saying Denny Hamlin will win the championship at this point is saying a hot take. Yeah, <laughs> basically. Yeah, I agree. I mean, like this man is is, you know, he's like disliked version of Mark Martin. That's except uh, not as you know Mark Martinish. Anyway, but but I mean, who could say that they don't think Denny Hamlin could never win a championship? He's we'll cursed, see. man. We'll all that see. luck went to the Daytona 500. He, Jared, Jared would probably argue that he is a the Vikings of NASCAR. Nah, nah. What would you say he, he is? Because the Vikings don't make the big game anymore. Like, oh, damn, like, damn. So he's a little better than the Vikings. Yeah, a little better. Nah, nah, I won't go. I mean, I won't go that far. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say. Wait. Uh, I, I don't know. We, we can, we can discuss this as we go. We got a race weekend to talk about, and the longest damn yeah. race weekend ever. Yeah, that was, it was yes. crazy. Crazy weekend, definitely. Yeah, so let's let's get into that. The Coca-Cola 600, let it not be forgotten underneath all the Chase Elliott, Corey LaJoy, Carson Hosevar, Denny Hamlin stuff, Ryan Blaney finally won. 
he actually he actually showed he can do something again. Can I and admit this is this is his first win at Charlotte, not on the Robo configuration, too. Can I admit something? Uh, until the final restart where he just like drove away from the rest of the field, right? Like I did not I, I wasn't buying it. And what I mean it by that is it felt like Byron's race. Yeah, look, and and what I mean by that is like we know how talented he is, but you also know how unlucky him and that 12 team can be. Yep. I mean, like in our freaking fantasy league, or at least in, in I believe the BFM second fantasy league, uh, there's somebody um who's a championship contender with the with the name of oh no, we suck again, Ryan Blaine's pit crew. That's not by accident. That is no coincidence, man. Like that team has been known to falter under pressure and just at, at some of the most critical points of the race. And so was Ryan Blaney at times. So I was not buying it. I was like, okay, he's dominant for now, but it's the Coke 600 and still early on. Let me see if he's there at the very end. And on that final restart, man, he just he just drove off. And I was like, oh, he's actually he's going to win. Like, he's Casey Kane for real. So the Casey Kane comparisons were real. He's a He joins him as a Coke 600 winner. So that's awesome. Good well, for that team. Man. I'll say this, though. For me, this is my – like, I'm most impressed by this win than any of his wins. I agree. Uh, because the, I, I would say the only one that I could say I was impressed by before uh, was when he held off Harvick and Kyle Busch at Pocono. Uh, but at this, was that his first win, right? That was yeah, his first yeah. win. That was six years ago. Uh, I would say this one's more impressive, though, because this is the first time in his career that isn't a super speedway. And I don't even know if he did it at the super speedways he won uh, or a non-550 race because those were all of his wins were crazy wins, super speedways, 550 wins, and then that one at the start. Uh, but this is the first race I've seen where throughout the race, I disagree with you guys. I thought he was the guy to beat the entire time. I th- I thought it was his race. No. And he was he put together probably the strongest run of his career. Uh, now, it is one race versus, you know, what, two, three hundred starts before this or however many. So I'm not going to go off and say right away that I think it's a changing of the guard. But this is definitely a huge point. This is a big crossroad point. Where he can change the narrative and and go from the Casey Kane that's a little more consistent to the championship contender all of us are waiting for him to be. Because he is, if you yeah. look from 2017 to today, or for, uh, last year, uh, he has finished between 7th and 10th in points every year. Always in that <laughs> range. He has yeah. also, in the last five years, had, I believe, 11 or 12 top fives. He's had between 16 and 20 top 10s. He is the definition of consistency. Now he needs to build on it. And at this point, like with this kind of win, it does feel like a win that could change that narrative moving forward. Yeah. I just want to see where he's at. Like just, I don't know, five, you know, just nine or 10 races from now and stuff before I, you know, cause we've seen him, you know, win races before and stuff like that. But I mean, this one did feel so much different because I mean, he was the, he was a true contender from start to finish. I just thought something was just going to happen to him, whether it's a team well, or Byron's just pit crew. Byron's pit crew is gaining three spots on pit road every cycle, yeah. partially because they were fast, but largely because that pit box was overpowered. And so like Byron would fall back to third, but get the lead in the very next restart. And you know, by Blaine, you would have to pass him again. And again, I don't know how many green flag passes for the lead we had. It might've set a new Charlotte record. I wouldn't be surprised, but um, to your point earlier, Jared, I agree. This could, depending on how Blaney goes from here, this could be looked at as a turning point in his career because, I mean, you took a lot of the words out of my mouth. A lot of fluky wins. Let's just say it. Charlotte Roval, fluky win. A couple of photo finishes on super speedway tracks, kind of fluky wins. He's a great super speedway racer, don't get me wrong. Kind of fluky. He's been close to the Daytona 500 a couple of times. He's come up short. Like Kyle Petty said, he's often there, but there's some unfulfilled potential. 
This could be a turning point, though, because what impressed me the most, not only that he led a bunch of laps start to finish, won a stage, he was there the whole time, but that he drastically outran his other Penske teammates. Like, Joey Logano was a 15th place car. I know he was up in the top five briefly, thanks in part to pitch strategy, and he stayed up there a little while because of clean air. But ultimately, when it was all said and done, Joey Logano was a 10th to 15th place car. Austin Sendrick was a 10th to 15th place car. Ryan Blaney was obviously a top five car but he made the most of it. So uh, I guess not only in the case of Blaney, but just that whole 12 team, I'm very impressed, especially when you compare them to Penske and even other Fords. I guess Brad was a top five, maybe a top eight car. Busher was probably top 10, but it was basically that. It was Blaney, RFK, the rest of Ford. I mean, that's impressive that they just went out there and won on an intermediate. Ford, their only cup win this year was Joey Logano at Atlanta Super Speedway. So, I mean, this is also potentially a turning point for Ford, we could even say. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm watching the the way that the ticker's rolling with the finishing results. Uh, there's Busher, and uh, and the other one in the oh. top ten was Zane Smith in the third. Yeah, oh, yeah. How about Zane Smith, man? Just hey, I, I had him as my underdog. Yeah, and, and shout out to 23-11, y'all. I mean, 23-11's really turned the corner both teams this year. Because, like, that was always the narrative because the first two years, you know, they get off to a slow start. And then once they got it together, it was basically too little too late as far as getting in on points. But Bubba Wallace fourth and Tyler Reddick fifth. And what was crazy was Bubba Wallace had a very – another interesting day where he was like a lap down at one point. Um, him and Eric Amarola had a very interesting exchange. And uh, then all of a sudden, towards the end of the race, I mean, he just stayed with it. He stayed with it. And that was one of the knocks on him. You know, last year was like, it felt like he would give up in these races last year, but he yes. stayed with it. And they ended up getting a top five in the Can end. Can we awesome. talk about that for a minute? Like, yeah. mm-hmm. I, 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 we don't know all the details, so it's hard to judge necessarily what, what exactly went down. But, you know, it, from what, what it sounded like is that, at least on pit road, Bubba, when they got talking to each other after the initial stuff on the track, Bubba had cussed at him and he pushed him. Yeah. Um, which I want to say now, NASCAR fans, stop calling that a fight. That is not a fight. That is a y'all, shove. Y'all got an altercation. See, yes. see, they grew up on these videos on here that basically was like titled NASCAR fights, but it was really just shove. So like they got to, you know, we got to separate them in different categories. Uh, but so that surprised I, me though that Almarola lashed out like that. No, no, no. So I want to add something just really quick. So I forgot about this. So everyone remembers like 2017 after Almarola got hurt, Bubba Wallace replaced him. Mm-hmm. Well, I I had completely forgotten about this story. So um, NASCAR reporter Daniel McFadden had uh, tweeted about this during the break, and he was like, um, apparently what happened was I guess after Bubba Wallace had gotten that job, I guess he had um, gotten a very unfriendly text about from Almarola about it. So they they weren't really I guess like the the best of buds over there I guess in their brief time together but Weird. Uh, yeah so I guess like uh, there was some history there so I guess like going up I guess what happened was what led to that altercation on pit lane was they were racing for the lucky dog spot and I guess Bubba had really kind of you know shoved his way in or I get you know they were just racing hard I guess and I guess Eric Amarola was you well, know, asking Denny Hamlin was. shed some light on his podcast well Eric Amarola said it as well and I think Hamlin sort of backed it up was that Bubba flipped him off while they were racing they put his hand oh. out his car and flipped him off yeah and Denny credit to Denny here you know objective Denny Hamlin uh called out his driver Bubba said hey that's childish you need to stop yeah. doing it other people who are doing it need to stop doing it like keep your finger in your car he said it and I agree with him Bubba's yeah. had a good streak going you just talked about it three straight four straight top fives he's best position in points he's been at this point in the season ever by far 
don't mess up that momentum. Don't do anything to make someone mad. Don't be childish. Like the middle finger last week to his buddy behind the camera. Yeah. That's stupid. Why what are you doing? Like, <laughs> you you would think don't... after everyone crying last week that you would learn to stop giving the one finger salute. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Well, that, so, I think that's a young yeah. driver thing too. Cause I've heard a lot of yeah. drivers. He's not even that young anymore. He's like but in his he's, 30s, but right? But he's still part of that. Like he's like, like him, yeah. Chase, Blaney. Blaney. Uh, yeah. I'm not saying all of them do that, but. I, I was I remember listening to Dale Jr. download at one point and Jr. was talking about it, how he's like, they're just he's like, when you hit your 40s, like a switch flips and all of a sudden you cannot stand being flipped off. And and <laughs> and, and he started bringing up like these young drivers just flip them off and these and like the, the older ones get mad about it. And he's like, I didn't get it. Then a young driver flipped me off and I got pissed about it. And it's like <laughs> maybe that's a similar thing with it, too. Um, but and like I just said, too, funny, like there, oh, I'm gonna, there's it. I can lie. And like I just said, too, there's a history between the two, I guess. I guess they don't really like each other anyway. So but I was just like, yeah, like, F you, I guess. But I agree, though, Eric. Like, like, yeah, you know, just, you know, you got all these, you know, you're you're running great. You know what I mean? Like, you don't have to do something like that every week. You know what I mean? I like, just, you don't got to do all that. Well, but I'll, I'll defend him and say. Not be there every time. <laughs> I'll defend him and at least say that. Yeah, like, like, like the Almirola deal happened before halfway. Bubba came back to finish top five. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember which one of you guys said that a moment ago, but like, I did. yeah, I think Darian said he, he persevered still and, you know, put that behind him, put that in the rear view, kept his focus, didn't lose his cool, which he's done in the past and got a great result like that. You know, I don't like the middle finger, you know, I, I don't know if I would go up and shove a guy for it, but I also have never really been flipped off. So I can't say, um, but, but I, I at least applaud Bubba for keeping his cool and getting a good result still yeah. for his team. Well, and, and, and now he is 15th in the standings, almost yeah. a full race because of the penalty too, but he's still almost a full race over 17th place Ty Gibbs now. Yeah, so, obviously the best start of his career. And really quick shout out to Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Like ever since the Daytona 500 yeah. win, like, I mean, that team's really been consistent, man. Like, I mean, they got P7 and they were out there. Like, I mean, I know they had some strategy help and stuff, but I mean, on the long runs too. I mean, I saw them just, I mean, Lois was like maybe top 15, maybe top yeah. 20. Like they're, they're, they're very competitive this year. All right, I like their right. program. Side note, just want to say, I got the hot take, Eric Yay. second, Darren third and Jared <laughs> fourth. <laughs> well, I want to point something out about, um about Stenhouse here. He is one of only three drivers this year who has run every race and not DNF'd in one of them. Now Stenhouse last year wow. had, I believe like 10 DNFs. That's yeah. shocking. Oh, yeah. Wait, is that a true stat? It's a tr- like I have. I've been keeping track. Here are the other two drivers: Corey LaJoy and mm-hmm. Ryan Blaney. Oh wow! I, be- I believe that. Holy moly! Now, no DNFs. Looking That's at the crazy. driver who's at least in this top bunch, because I only have like I think like the top thirty or so. Uh, but that's run all the races and DNF the most. He just had his sixth DNF at Charlotte. Kyle Larson. <laughs> yeah, Checkers. Checkers and he completely records. lost. He ran out of talent in that right There's no other Look, way to put it. Ryan Newman, 2003, would like a word to have a word with Kyle Larson, 2023. Well, something about these three only, seasons, man. Stenhouse only has one finish outside the top 25, and it was a 35th at Richmond. Um, and I don't remember what happened. I don't know. Did he get caught up he, in a wreck? No, Maybe something er, happened early there. on, I think he had a mechanical issue, but he was like running top 10 in that race oh, too. Yeah. He has mm, been yeah. solid this year and nobody like, wants oh to, he's ahead of Logano in points. Oh my God. Like, if I take, if like, I take that race out, he's finished top he, 20 every race since Vegas. Yeah. He heard everyone saying that he was wasting a playoff spot and he took that personally. <laughs> <laughs> he's been impressive. No, I mean, Ricky deserves and JTG Doherty, whatever they did. Maybe they took that Daytona 500 money, put it to good use. I don't know. 
know. Um, I mean, but they they've have turned a corner this year. I mean, they talked about bringing in some new people this year and stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, and, in the uh, Daytona 500 press conference or well, whatever, it, it was it looks like they've taken Legacy's spot in the Chevrolet run. Because well, remember, yeah, this was Eric oh, Jones last year who couldn't get. You know, different things would happen. He'd get caught up in something, bad pitch strategy. Mm-hmm. You know, lug nut wouldn't come off for ten laps, whatever. But Jones <laughs> was running like this last year. And now Stenhouse is run, but Stenhouse honestly is better than that team was a year, you know, a year ago. He's a little better than Jones was. That's yeah. that's actually a perfect segue. Can we talk about Legacy Motor Club? That was crazy. That was like one of the craziest. Blue Jimmy oh. fan, close your ear, or close your ears. Oh, and also Michael Michael Moobs too. Okay. Uh, oh, no, so I want to I want to I want to give a little story time here. When okay. that so so we all know you know Michael Moobs is a big Jimmy Johnson fan, rooting for Legacy as Jimmy Johnson's mm-hmm. team. I got to deliver the news on all three of them going out in like the same lap onto his stream, and he's like, "No, did Darian put you up to this?" I'm like, "No, no, no, no. This, no, it's true. They are it's they true are imploding." Stuff. Like it, they all like, did it at the same time too. It's crazy. Why is it feeling like they're gonna get a 2007 Dell Junior treatment from Chevy now? Well, I mean, it, can you blame? I mean, like, look, Jimmy Johnson announced this move so early in the season. That's why I was kind of like, okay, so this well, season was basically a wash from the start, I got, right? I because those things don't Chevy just would, happen overnight. I have a feeling Chevy would know about that though, even if he didn't yeah. announce it to the public. Yeah, but also too, like uh, this whole thing was like basically a freak deal, I guess. I guess they the forty two and the forty three ran over the same piece of like debris or something. Jones like that. was running well. I watched yeah. him. He drove up to eleventh yeah. before this in- incident. And then and then later in the race, Noah Gregson and Jimmy Johnson sort of made contact there, or I, I can't remember. No, how, no, how J- Jimmy came. I think I believe came up into oh. Gregson, and they both oh. got pinched in the wall. Or like, oh. he, he just cleared and, himself. I. I got some heat because I had put, you know, that that Jimmy Johnson from 2018 to the modern day is a legacy of failure. And he is. I'm sorry, Jimmy. Strong words. Jimmy stayed too damn. He he made the cardinal sin that the Labani brothers made, and that Mm. Richard Petty made, and so many other greats made. He stayed too long. Like just retire. You you like it's, it's not like. I, I hate like this narrative. There's this narrative back and forth. Like appreciate greatness, even if he's not running as well. I'm like. I'm sorry yeah, if I'm, I'm if I'm going to see Jimmy Johnson race, <laughs> I want to see Jimmy Johnson be great. And I'm sorry, Jimmy Johnson's not great anymore. Ever since Pocono 2017, he's not he's been, been the same driver. And now oh, it's yeah, unfortunately started the narrative of like the amongst the Johnson haters and stuff. Like, oh well, look at his stats. He couldn't win without Canals and I, stuff. No, well, I mean, to be fair, I mean, I mean, to be fair, Canals couldn't win much without Jimmy. Yeah, after they split anyway, the twilight to their career. Yeah, like, I'm not gonna buy into like that like that's too much. Yeah, that's too much. But I mean, I do agree with you, Jared. Like, I mean, it's just something about seeing Johnson just running bad. It's just oh, come it would on, just then. it would be one thing if Jimmy was just out there running 25th in a car he hasn't but he keeps wrecking but he keeps wrecking like (laughs) coda wasn't his fault but he got wrecked on lap one at coda and he gets you know he wrecks himself twice at charlotte and like you know i know he had no practice but he kind of your point Jarrett, he's setting himself up for failure at this point i mean i'm kind of with you like the indy car stuff i didn't mind watching him run 20th because there i could appreciate hey yeah here's a guy greatest arguably to ever do it in a stock car he's trying trying something (laughs) yeah some small gains here and there but now he's back in nascar and it's wrecking sad. on lap five, it, it is, is sad. Bro. I agree. It is very it, sad it rem- to see. Like I, I kind of hope he hangs it up for good. It really reminds me of late 2000s into the 2010s. Well, and I can't even say Bobby Labonte because he was in lesser equipment. 
Mm-hmm. Like he was in JTG before they were actually really all that great, and now they did. Wasn't well Terry in a go fast? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's it just like it, it's just it's sad because like I actually did start appreciating Jimmy before he stopped winning, and so it was amazing to see. Just like it's amazing to see Larson win this much, and that how it probably was back in the day if you appreciated Gordon or Earnhardt, and now it's just it's like. It, it hurts to see because it's honestly because now you, I I and a lot of other people who grew up in the two thousands view Bobby Labonte way differently than people who watched the nineties yeah. and the two thousands early on. It's different, yeah, it's different. And it tar- yeah. it does. I don't think it's going to tarnish the legacy completely, but it's like we, it's difficult. It does man. tarnish we, it just we, a little bit, right? We, like, we talked we talked about this thing kind of last week. People who saw Kyle Petty in his best days. Mm-hmm. You know, he was probably honestly comparable to someone like a Ryan Blaney back, you know, at his best time. Uh, and then, but we saw him, you know, running very poor. Yeah. Very poor. I mean, <laughs> but here's the thing though. Like, I'm, I mean, like, freaking, I just want to call moves out again. Like, moves. Like, I mean, I know it's tough or whatever, but, you know, your guy still won seven championships. Like, I'm sorry, you didn't, you didn't see your driver run 42nd consistently uh, the entire I, race. I actually put in there, I was like, <laughs> and a, a couple other people had actually agreed with me on this. I'm like, yeah, Jimmy Johnson is experiencing six to however many more years he goes on of the Dale Jr. 09 experience, except it never ends. Yeah, I, I really I really wonder, the guy who said Jimmy Johnson should be S-H-O-T, oh I wonder how he feels these days. Dang, yeah. Is he even oh, alive? What, what, yeah, I'm about to ask. Uh, I don't, like, that's a good like, question. What's he up to It's been days? almost 20 years. Yeah. Like, that's a valid question. Like, but if, if, some, like if someone can track him down, one of us YouTubers should have an interview with him and see yeah. what he's up to. This should be our next well, video. <laughs> I, I, I want to also ask you guys, like, now, I, I know, you know, I had went on, some had said that the 600 is better than it's ever been. Uh, I think the race has been amazing. Uh, but I want to ask you guys, I think the fall race should go back to the oval. I mean, the Ravens have been down I, to the I, oval. It's kind of lost a bit of its I said, too. I said it should last year, and I still agree see, with that. Let me see. Basically, the roval, you know, after the first year of the roval and stuff, like I wouldn't say it's like it's totally lost its like luster and stuff, right? You know, like the whole prestige, you know, the whole prestigeness of it. But I don't, I don't know, like something about that twenty, like that uh, first ever race there in uh, twenty eighteen on that configuration, like. After that, I was like, yeah, I don't think it'll be, like, topped after that just because of the finish and stuff. And I don't know. Like, so – and now, you know, with the next gens, you know, the racing on the on the mile and a half is, is great again. So, yeah, I think, you know, why not two oval races? Why not? Oh, it's gosh, a shame because – Some of them were actually taking the meme answer in the poll. I voted for the meme <laughs> answer. This was too funny. That was well done. Uh, I, I – the first couple of years of the roval were so great. The dramatic Truex, Johnson, Blaney finish, then – was it the next year Chase Elliott came from like 20th place to first yeah, to like the final from, 10 laps? From pounding the wall, too, yeah. by the way, and basically came back. That Those first awesome. two years were all-time classics. And it hasn't been a bad race since then. But to your point earlier, Jared, is it has I mean, it's it's lost race. viewership every single year. It drops like 200K viewers every year. And yeah. it's, you know, not – I think the Oval at this point is arguably the best track in NASCAR with these cars. So um, I can ever wrestle that date away from ISC, make Charlotte the finale one day if the weather holds up i don't know about the weather in early november in north carolina i imagine it can be chilly but i'd consider that 
And Charlotte is a is a pretty good sized metro area there too. Now I mean, it's NASCAR's backyard. I, I think it would make for a decent fight if they don't go back to Homestead no, or something else, which Larson is begging for. You know I'll, that. I'll raise a little extra <laughs> reckless speculation here. You know the North Wilkesboro. You know, once they figure out the short track program long term, I'm assuming the plan is to go and get a points race there at some point. Uh, and I don't think, I'll be honest, I don't think that they should have two dates, have one date that's special, whether it's points mm-hmm. or all-star. They go points. Why not bring the all-star race home, market that, give an extra week for the, the crews and everybody to stay home? Because if you're insured badass good racing, why not take advantage of it for a race that really everyone can go for broke again with? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, so, so far, Charlotte has been in my opinion the best track for the gen 7 it, oh yeah amazing. without a doubt like it, the mile and a half i don't know nascar is like built a car that was supposed to be good at short tracks and road courses that struggles at short tracks and road courses but fix the cookie cutter problem after they moved away it's like it's the it's a total nascar problem yeah they have where they finally <laughs> fix the issue they've had for 20 years and now the what? thing that wasn't broke is broke. <laughs> what can we sacrifice to get Kentucky Speedway back? I, I don't oh, want God. it back. I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't, I don't want, want it that. back. No, no, yeah. because that <laughs> that, tech, but, but, that track's equivalent to Texas. And if Texas can't be like a, as you know, honestly, I don't think any Texas race has been good. I won't, I'll say it was better last year. Not good, but it was better. Uh, maybe, maybe like IndyCar. Maybe IndyCar, but even I don't know. IndyCar is like sometimes. I, like, I thought Kentucky. I thought Kentucky's last couple of races were definitely the, better than Texas. The finishes were good. I thought the Maybe racing itself was on par. Yeah. That's. Yeah. I mean, that's all I remember until I go back and I watch like some of the replays. And like one of the replays was literally a guy passing somebody else for fifth. I'll, always remember Cole Custer has his first career and only career Cup victory off of a restart. Always remember that. To be fair, well, it was a badass pass. Yeah, it was. That was a badass. It was pass. pretty smooth. Let's, Let's just all hope that Chicago is the worst race we've ever seen so we can get Chicago land back, and then that we'll have another good race. Well, hey, we're insured to caution. Jimmy Johnson's in the race. Oh. <laughs> that's just uh, uh, dude, uh, It's uh, true. Uh, it's yeah, true. He's our caution you're, clock. Yeah. You're Well, yeah. Hey, he at least, at least made a lot of laps in this one. <laughs> yeah, he went, he went. He made the first lap around. He did. Yeah, but. Hang the banner. Hang the banner. The thing is, before that happened, he was climbing his way through the field. We all kind of were talking about that too. Yeah. He did. He went from last to like twenty fourth before the first spin. He's decent. Notice oh, I said first. Unraveled. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Well, we'll get the super chats later. But this one said, "How would a Chase Elliott retirement affect NASCAR?" Oh <laughs> god. We'll we'll find out for a week. Is that a, a he's that segment? mad about getting suspended? He just pulls the plug right here, right now. Oh my Dude, goodness. I'm going IndyCar. So- Screw it. Oh, speaking of which, I, I did see that there's some ski resorts open in Montana and Colorado this weekend. Hey, Gosh. hey Chase like... Elliott, say Cabo on three. One, two, three, Cabo. <laughs> Enjoy right. it, man. But let me start off too. I would just let me let me just like applaud. Let me applaud Clint Boyer and Tony Stewart for just calling him out instantly. Clint Boyer was like, he was instant with that. And then and then Mike Joy was like, well, well, no, we want to just actually it was Kozlowski. Yeah. And then and then he, and then like they show the replay they show the replay again. He's like, yep, that was that was payback. And then Tony was like, and it's pretty pretty odd to be doing this when you're trying to get points to you know to point your way in. So, I, you know, because you've been missing, been off I, for a while. <laughs> I just I'm just saying this. 
I am so tired of all the people I saw in my mentions. It was trying to say that Kozlowski wrecked them. Like, yeah, Kozlowski's like, oh, wow, they got into yeah. it. Time to wreck you. Hey, look, look, listen, man. Look, we'll get into Denny Hamlin's comments on the on the podcast like in a little bit. But, like, I just wanted to say something he said. He had said that – he had basically said in a show, like, or he had said word for word that, you know, most Chase Elliott fans are just delusional and stuff. And let me just say, like, I, I don't believe that totally. Like, like we have some pretty sane Chase Elliott fans that have been watching our loyal watchers of our show for years, right? Like, look, I, I just got to tell y'all something, man. The the Chase Elliott fans who are just delusional hacks and stuff, they are not making y'all look great well, right now, bro. They are I, just It's not. the same problem that Junior <laughs> Nation had. I know. So it's, it's like it's a, when you have the one. biggest fan base, you're going to yeah. have more idiots in it. But, oh, my gosh. And, like, and I'm not the saying excuses. That all, but yeah, it's, it's – I won't say – okay, maybe not idiots isn't the right word, but it's like you, you're going to have more people – that are gonna try and stretch the mm-hmm. the story out and do that kind of stuff. Uh, but no, there. I mean, between the SMT data, between two experts, because let's be real, say what you want about Clint Boyer when it comes to actually being in the car, the next and car. getting retaliated against. Yeah, yes. and he would know. <laughs> right, he would know weird into the yeah. outside wall. <laughs> yeah, he he's, a, he's a pro. Too. He's he's and, been there. And the- and by the way, that was one of the hardest impacts that I think I've seen this car go through, which I did see. I guess there's been something that's been changed recently to let the car crush and absorb a little bit more. So that's why yeah. it looked that bad. But I guess I'm just not used to seeing that car look that crushed. So, but even then, he, he picked up off the ground a little bit. It, it, honestly, if Chase's car hadn't come through, he could have it could have kept going flipped over. Well, yeah, because also- not, in, not intentional, but last year, Suarez had a similar outside wall hit at Las Vegas, and the car looked fine. Hey, he hit the wall three times. He kept spinning and hit the wall three times and still never had any crush. It's just this was this was very odd because first off, this is Chase Elliott, a, a NASCAR champion, and we all know his father, Bill Elliott. Bill Elliott was one of the cleanest drivers in NASCAR history. Okay, like I was like thinking like Bill Elliott would have never done that. And then, like, I, and I don't know. Up until that moment, I never thought Chase Elliott was ever capable of doing that and stuff. But uh, and it's just odd. He's, like, basically, by his moments. standards, he's look, had moments. By, yeah, I know he's had moments, but geez, hey, I, that was did, just so out, out of nowhere. Denny brought up a great point, referring to how bitter he got with Kevin Harvick at Bristol uh, back in 2020. Yeah, or and, you know, just just holding him up like that. Well, look at the yeah. uh, 2020 race where him and Logano got together. Like, like, or sorry, or, or, or sorry, twenty 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 one is what I meant, not twenty twenty. And, and don't forget about twenty twenty two Fontana when and him and, and well, Larson. I, I, I thought Darlington they said we flipped off Kyle Busch. <laughs> I, I thought they said that the Fontana one, like the the data showed that he didn't intentionally do it though. I, I thought I thought they showed oh, that there was actually a broken part. Like I don't want to pin oh, that one oh. on him there. I know they um, well Hamlin Hamlin had mentioned it again on a show, so I, I yeah. I'd but let's be real, Denny Hamlin's yeah. a little biased right now. Yeah, I'd forgotten <laughs> sure. about that. Yeah, so but yeah, it's it's just it was it felt so out of character for him and stuff. And then you know when you look at his day, like I mean by his standards, he was having a pretty pretty bad day by his standards. But I mean it was still a long way to go. And, and at this at this point, you're just points racing. I mean you can you can you know get a top ten easily a top five. We had so much chaos later in the race. He had so much time. It was the same problem with, you know, with Bubba Wallace Las Vegas, you know, just losing his temper, you know, losing his cool, having a freaking clown temper, temper tantrum, you know, when there's still a long way to go, you know, it's not like it was in the closing laps, but that's not the point. The point is, is that just right hooking in general is so stupid and at a track on a straightaway 
that has killed somebody in a similar accident before. You know, just, much different era, I'm totally different looking, accident, but still. It's I'm looking bad. in the corner there. Eric's been very quiet. He's lurking. Yeah. I mean, I hasn't, haven't had a lot of room to speak up, but I mean, you guys have kind of covered all the, all the points at this point. I mean, it was a snap decision. He had about a second and a half to decide I'm going to turn left on Hamlin. Very snap decision, but it should come with severe consequences. And it did. I think the penalty was deserved. I will give Chase Elliott fans a little bit of slack. You know, the first angles you see, it is unclear if Keselowski got into him. I mean, it looks pretty clear that Kesla or that Chase Elliott hung a quick left, but you know, to their point, you couldn't tell if Keselowski hit him first. That aerial view Fox showed, I don't know, a couple hundred laps later, finally, uh, seemed to confirm that, no, Keselowski was not the reason for the accident. But uh, you know, for Chase Elliott, like, yeah, we've seen him get upset before, but, you know, he hasn't done anything, in my opinion, that, like, super crosses the line. I mean, if he did intentionally spin out at Auto Club, and, yeah, we don't like that. doesn't cross a line. Um, blocking Harvick at Bristol, that was borderline. He didn't wreck anybody. Arguable if that crossed the line. Um, what was more surprising to me about Chase Elliott, though, is that he kind of lost sight of the bigger picture. Y'all keep talking about points. He came into that race for like 60, 63 points out of the playoffs. Hasn't shown a lot of winning speed in his time back, so points mm -hmm. do matter. He left that race, I think, 85 points or 81 points below the cut line. Uh, and now that he's out a week, he's probably going to lose another 20 points or so to the cut line. So he's going to come back with 11 races to go, facing roughly a 100-point deficit. He's really good. He's in a really good car, but there's no guarantee you make up hundred points in 11 races, especially if someone we've been talking about, like a Daniel Suarez or a Ty Gibbs or an Austin Sindrick, someone like that. If they win a race, your job gets a whole lot harder. So it's, like, it's it, it just dumb. losing sight of the bigger picture. You, you'd hope that having missed the last few weeks with injury, you would have thought that he'd kind of have a better feel for that. Like he would understand yeah. how, how, you know, He's running out of races. You know what I'm saying? Like every well, race matters more to him than it does to an average driver right now. And say he makes up 15 points in this race because of the attrition rate alone. Let's, let's say he doesn't score many, you know, stage uh, points. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't run up front much all night. But because of attrition alone, I mean, come on, J.J. Yaley finished 16th in this race. So yeah. I, I think he could have finished at least there. If he's, say, 50 points back with 11 races left, that is very, very manageable, and I think he does that. 100 points now with, a, with after this week, 11 races left or so. So I, actually 50 points with 12 races left, even better. Uh, but 100 points and 11 races, making up 9 to 10 points on a cut line that is only going to get tougher as it goes. Uh, he's in must-win now. He has put his team in a much worse position in one second. And it's all his fault. I mean, like, I mean, the whole, I mean, now, you know, him being out initially because of, you know, injury and shit, you know, total, you know, freak deal and stuff. But I mean, this is totally his fault this time. I mean, like, it was so unnecessary. Long way to go. I mean, I, I think he could have been on par for at least a top 10 finish. I mean, like, I mean, it's not race winning speed, but I mean, still, you just got to point your way in. I mean, we were just praising him last weekend. I mean, or excuse me, last week talking about hey, he's got to point his way in. He's doing he's doing awesome. And, you know, all of a sudden it's up to, you know, down to this tomfoolery. So, yeah. Tom well, and, and, and we'll talk about it in a bit. He had another competitor for the playoff spot taken out of the way because of a penalty uh, today. So oh, it would have been even easier. Yeah. <laughs> He was, he's easier, way out the fight now. Before. Yeah, I mean he's <laughs> yeah. he's well he's well going to be well over a hundred points back. It's it's, mm -hmm. it's dumb. Is it is dumb? Like, and I well, did not think he'd be that way. I thought he would have better foresight. I was looking forward to him making it up, man. I've been bringing it up every week. 
See, I had brought, I I had this take and I don't know, it was like, I guess a hot take to some and some were like, oh, it's pretty based after the race. I had said, because I thought this Blaney, I, or I thought this race symbolized two things. So like, you know, Chase Elliott is obviously still the most popular driver, obviously, but now I feel like his rep and that popularity have taken just a, a bit of a hit. And now Ryan Blaney's is up just a tad. I mean, is that fair to say? You know, after this weekend, I, I mean, because Blaney, you know, going in the crowd and stuff. And I mean, they were like chanting Blaney. Two, Blaney 2009, like, he's, he's really popular. Daytona, I, 2009 Daytona 500 didn't hurt Dale Jr.'s popularity. This won't hurt Chase's. He, like, I, he I took just, out a more unpopular driver. I think right now Chase is in his own head too much. And this is definitely not going to help it. After Darlington, he said in his uh, interview with me, he said that uh, he said he said actually word for word. He said that he thinks maybe like like they should have a different driver because he just wasn't, he didn't feel like he was the right driver to support what the team was doing. Well, there you go. Another driver. Yeah. Got to be careful what you wish for. Which I guess we can talk about it since he is suspended. Um, Corey LaJoy yeah. getting a shot. What an opportunity. Top 20 yeah. in points too. He's right outside that playoff cut line as well. That'd be a, that'd be a huge, huge push forward. If that, if he even gets a top 10. It's very- I want to know. I want to know what Hendrick is paying Spire or Chevrolet is paying Spire because, like Spire, they care about owners' points. And no disrespect to Carson Hosevar, but I think they'd rather have Corey LaJoy earning them points this weekend. Yeah. So I think that part's interesting. Maybe it's a trade-off. They think, hey, our guy has a chance to win, get a top five this weekend, and when he gets back in our car, that'll make us look good. I yeah. don't know, but I think yeah. that that dynamic is very interesting. But I'm happy for LaJoy. Like that's that's a really cool deal. Yeah. And it's fitting well, because didn't he like write a letter to Hendrick saying like how much he'd like to drive for him and stuff? Yeah. It, that's and, cool. and it's inspired. They're using Hendrick pit crews, right? Uh, Probably. Uh, they well, use I Hendrick mean, engines. Steve Latart. Uh, is the, isn't he either like a part owner or he works for the team? He, he's like a general, he's of, a consultant. Or... There's some sort of association. Yeah. yeah. If, if, of... if they hadn't made this deal work, the best options that they were looking at was Christian Eckes with the Napa and Chevy partnership or the Benedetto because he had cup experience. Yeah, because yeah, Josh Berry would be out of the question because they're be in Portland. Portland. Yeah. So it, and, it ends up being and, a perfect situation for these and guys. Yeah, AJ made it work to do both races last year, but the only way they did that was they had uh, – who did they have practicing the car that weekend? It was someone else that they had practicing yeah, qualify it. Well, and it was even um, more last minute than this would be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, it's awesome. I mean, I don't know what the expectations would really be. I mean, we're at Gateway and stuff. I mean, it's a track he's ran at before. So, I mean, because I feel like the expectations now would be since we've seen Josh Berry running it, I mean, at least a top 10 finish, right? Like at least the top ten, right? I think if he doesn't get a top ten, it'll at least be a little disappointing. Yeah, I, I would. I would say just because I mean, it is a different team to work with, it is, there's going to be an adjustment. But yeah, I would say top ten definitely. If he's if he's outside top fifteen or he's running like twentieth the whole race, yeah, it's, uh, I mean, be questions. At, at a similar track, Josh Berry got second, so and he was yeah, running I, like tenth yeah. to twelfth that whole race too. Like it wasn't mm-hmm. great, yeah. but yeah. it was serviceable. Like I, I, I've said this for a bit now. I think Chase Elliott is one of the top three to five drivers in NASCAR. So expecting him to do LaJoy to do the same as Elliott normally would do, I think is is yeah stretching it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, but at the same time, equipment. we at the same time we've seen LaJoy run fifteenth in a Spire car this year. So you kind of just you know you get this opportunity and I know Spire is better than they have been, but you get this opportunity in a Hendrick car. Yeah. I, th- I think your sky's the limit. You're dreaming of a top five or a top 10. And you know, if he runs 14th, that's maybe more realistic, 
But I think if he finishes outside the top 10, Corey will be disappointed at the end of the day. Man, what a weekend. Yeah. For a race. We don't have the rest of the but weekend yet. <laughs> we all seem to have enjoyed this one, but the real question is, what did people at home think? Oh, yeah. Let's talk about the ratings a little bit. Jarrett, what do you got for us on that? Well, it actually just came out today. The 600 got 3.4 million viewers, uh, peaking at 4 million. Uh, overall, the numbers were down 12% from the scheduled race last year, but that's to be expected. That's actually... For any rain-delayed race, no matter what, holiday or not, is not bad whatsoever. Uh, the last Monday 600 was in 2009, and it was down 31% year over year. Uh, now, there was a rain out at the end, but it was that race, I remember, was up against nothing. There was nothing on TV. There was plenty of time to, to get it pushed out there. Um, so... I, I, it's it's impressive, and and both the other major races this weekend had ratings increases, so I have no doubt the 600 would have this year as well. It was, I believe, let me pull out that mystery packet wherever it's at. Uh, I believe it was only down about 400,000 viewers from last year, and I I, I think we're at least 100,000 up from last year if this is run at the scheduled time. Uh, trucks were down 7%. I, I wrote down the, the numbers wrong, but I believe it was... 590,000 watch last year, whereas about 550,000 watch this year. Um, okay. But 3.4 million viewers though on a Monday. And I know yes. it's a holiday. I know, I know the race. Well, that's the other crazy thing is this race, the TV window ran like six hours because yes. there was a red flag yeah. in it. And so if you're talking about a 3.4 million dollars, million dollars, million, million viewership dollars. average for six, you had 3.4 million people's attention for six hours on that's a good. Monday on a that's holiday. Good. Like, I, yeah, I like I people think I'm just you know, kissing up to NASCAR here, just blowing smoke up their ass. But that's freaking incredible. Like, well, holy cow. And historically, red flags actually hurt viewership because people turn it off and don't come back. Right. So that that's not bad at all. Like that, like it, the fact that if that was match it is amazing. Let me put it this way. I know it was on network TV compared to cable last week, but this is more than a million people than wa- that watched the North Wilkesboro return. Um, like that's crazy yeah isn't that great yeah it's just funny it's funny how they built that up and then yeah that one has more ratings <laughs> on a race on during a rain delay and also when you stack it up with the other uh, monumental races um that were ran the previous day monaco was up i think and then um 8%. the indy 500 yeah and then the indy 500 was up two percent as well so i mean you know the fact that you know they were still able to pull this rating because of the rain delay it's pretty impressive yeah well that was stacked up against it a lot a lot better a lot better than it could be uh, mm-hmm. And I think all of us going into the weekend thought it was going to be up. Uh, I think I, I'm just surprised in general the entire weekend outside of like trucks uh, and Xfinity because it was on, you know, FS 2000. Uh, yeah. But I think I, I'm I'm surprised, but I'm happy that all those races were up. It's it's a good sign for motorsports in America. Yeah, not bad. We got a little more, though. Yes, that's right. It yes. is now. It is now time for the poll, the famous iceberg poll. Yeah, before we yeah. hear before we hear about the icebergs poll, I'm keeping up the funny polls in here. People <laughs> think that Chase Elliott will be skiing in Montana this weekend, followed oh. up by learning Chinese, buddy. <laughs> I thought the learning Chinese buddy would have won, but damn, I mean, that's so yeah, that's that's pretty fitting. <laughs> well, looking at uh, what everybody in the chat kind of voted for this race. Uh, we had 54% of people saying that this was a great race. Uh, 32% saying good. So 86% of y'all 
We're really happy with it. 10% said it was average. You know, all right, whatever. 2% below average. And then 2% said it was bad. 4% net negativity. Uh, guys, the first comment was short, sweet, and to the point from MVR owner. So what was it? Positive, negative, uh, or meme? Positive. Meme. Can I guess the word? I think the word was chaos. <laughs> uh, MVR owner left this one. Said, listen to the race on PRN. How was the Fox broadcast? Oh, that's oh, my bad. I thought you said his comment was one word. I, I thought you I'm said sorry. that too. Yeah. Uh, no, like describe it in one word. Or oh, I, don't know. I apologize. Well, then, uh, yeah. Well, there you go. Well, that was the yeah. The honestly, broadcast was pretty good. Yeah, I, mean, I thought yeah. it got better as it went. Yeah, it nah, it was good. Yeah, I thought I was Boyer happy. Boyer was a lot of doing a lot of us and ums. I feel like he says things sometimes and doesn't really like. Think about where the sentence is going. Like he'll start a sentence funny, that just doesn't really go anywhere. The funniest parts were when Cliff Boyer was like, "Man, look at Storehouse Racing ranks up. Like, what's going on? Man? Like, what's going on?" And Storehouse was like, Ooh. "Don't look at me. I was out drag racing all weekend. You know? Yeah, <laughs> I was with my oh, wife." My. Yeah. Uh, well, looking at some of the comments here, top rated one was from Blue Jimmy, who said, "As a Jimmy and Larson fan, this was the most miserable race I've ever watched. As a NASCAR fan, this was one of the best races I've ever watched." Oh, yeah, yeah. Objectivity. Hey, but Blue Jimmy, a shout out to Blue Jimmy because he actually DM'd me saying like, "Hey, don't tweet about Joseph Newgarden during the Indy 500," and I didn't. And look what happened, Blue Jimmy. He wants the Indy 500. And just gotta say this: Joseph Newgarden is where is from, where three of us now live. So whoop whoop. Yeah, what's the parade? What's the parade gonna happen? But nah, yeah, yeah. Congrats to him, man. That was pretty cool. Pretty cool experience. All right, guys, I like this one. Marshall Griffin and his profile pick is the podcast party bus. I like it. Oh, it's awesome. Oh, Thank, wow. you. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Thank uh, you. Marshall says, it might not have been as great as last year's race, but it was still a great race, and Blaney finally won again. So honestly, I have nothing to complain about. Yeah, you shouldn't have nothing to complain about. Exactly. Uh, let's see what we got here. NASCAR comparison says, New Garden on Sunday, Blaney on Monday. Two drivers who have tried so hard to win the respective races for years and finally have succeeded. Just a great weekend of uh, for racing overall and a great weekend for the captain. Yeah, oh, especially the captain. Very true. <laughs> Scrolling down a little bit. Let's get into the middle ground here. Uh, Irex Rampage says this was my favorite race last year. The sequel did not disappoint. I I think it's race of the year so far. Oh yeah, by far. Yeah, race of the year. I I thought maybe Kansas, uh, but I'm gonna vote this one. I'd have to go back I, off the top of my head. I, this is top three for sure. I would say it's probably top two. Uh, let's see. We got Jonathan saying this is going into the record books as one of the greatest Coke 600s of all time, at least top five. I don't know about that just yet. Um, I, I mean, but, but the next gens have been solid. so great. great. I mean, they've been that I can understand his point. I mean, like they've just been so great here, you know, just well, only again, ran two Coke 600s. I mean, but yeah, I mean, still, though, it's still, yeah, it's a long list of com- races. When you're coming off the heels of the Gen 6 era, like it's everything's going to seem great. So, like, the fact that we are getting great races, I think it, it just yeah. amplifies that more. We went through the <laughs> 2019 all-star race for this. Byron yeah. Byron fan 24 says bad because Byron finished second. You know what? I got to say for how <laughs> Byron has ran in the past, the fact that that's the standard now is pretty damn good. Yeah. Like, a long way. Like, yeah, yeah that's, that's come a long way for you. I mean, they've been consistent, man. Yeah. Impress them. There's so many suspend Elliot's in the chat. <laughs> oh my gosh. There's so many of them like that were commented. 
there was one i got one comment that said lock elliot up i'm like well i wouldn't lock him up but i just <laughs> suspend him yeah <laughs> suspend him. wonder if elliot ever chanted that before uh, no. the inverse. <laughs> <laughs> oh man uh so i'm gonna do the last four i'm oh, gonna do the last four that was actually that was pretty that, funny actually. that was an accidental layup y'all so it was accident <laughs> or accidental assist excuse me <laughs> i didn't realize that, that was uh, more of an interception but uh I'm gonna, I'm gonna read the last four comments here uh first one's from infield ike i'm surprised because infield ike usually has some pretty good ones but Left Ryan Blaney still trash. These are the gutter comments, by the way. Oh, of course, yes. Ryan Blaney still uh, trash after right. winning. Yeah. After winning, bro, come on. Well, bro. I mean, I mean, I I need to see some more out of him. I need to see that consistently. Yeah, he's, he's obviously not trash. He just yeah. won the oh, yeah, okay, okay, no, he's not trash, but he needs yeah. to win some more. And it's funny because like Jared had also brought up his like top ten points finishes as well. <laughs> uh. David here says somehow Ford got a win. Way to go, twelve. That got downvoted. A lot of Chevy and Toyota oh, fans. Of mm. course. <laughs> oh my god. Um, you film my life with Jello says. Come on, man. This isn't racing. <laughs> what is it then? Huh? What is it? What, what, is what, it? what did I watch then? Yeah. Oh, what? We... Come on, bro. And then Josh says, another boring race. Another boring Penske driver to win a race. Gone. (laughs) He he was having fun. You you didn't tear up a little during his post-race interview? Yeah. The the freaking dude, the stands were chanting, Blay and Eve. I'm like, oh, I like that. You know, you don't. Yeah, that's cool, man. And also remember, too, I mean, his his dad's only NASCAR win was at the same track in 06, you know? So that's pretty cool. He won there. That uh, that is the poll. Yes, and that'll do it for another edition of the famous iceberg poll on the NASCAR Weekly Podcast. All right, all right, all right. Let's get going. Yep, yep. Let's uh, let's move into. Sorry, I was getting a little distracted there by something else. Uh, let's talk about the Xfinity race a little bit. So this was the one that ultimately was the main event of the weekend. It turned out <laughs> um, due to rain. Uh, rained out until Monday, and and then it, we got a little bit into stage one, and we said, okay, we'll do it later. See you. Bye-bye. Hey, shout-out to Hosevar, man. That guy, that was fun. That was one of the funniest rain delay coverages I've ever I seen I didn't get a, a chance to see it, and I hate that. that it was, was hilarious. Cool. And, and the one thing I liked about it was, like, you know, like we talk about, like, showcasing the personalities naturally, right? That type of thing just happened naturally, you know. It's like he sees Roger, and like, "Hey, come in here," and then he sees well, Parker. Yeah, so it like, hey, started off. Here, you know? So it started off as a one-off, and he's just you know in, in the mic, uh, whatever. Oh, Roger, come here, and then um, who was the Parker. other one? Parker Retzler. Parker Retzler. I think it's. And then he starts go- going. Uh, Very godparents. Uh, he starts going into the garage. Hey, he made that joke. I can make. <laughs> <laughs> um, wait, wait, wait! Did he? Yeah, at one point I saw it's been deleted, mm-hmm. but I think he had a tweet where he, he had put that. Um, yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, which I I, I applaud that. But <laughs> uh, and then like Carson just starts going through the garage and just starts interviewing people, and he started interviewing Sam Mayer at the end of it, and they're like, "We got to go up there." He's like, "Oh yeah, they're going off the air for you, Sam. Sorry, yeah. Go interview. Bye." And he had an interview, and then Joe Graff Jr. and then eventually got to Garrett Smithley, and I saw Moonhead for a second, and I. Once I saw Moonhead on TV, I just DM'd really quick laughing. He was like, what happened? He was like, oh, I saw you on TV. He was like, oh, <laughs> he didn't know for a second. But yeah, no, I mean, like, that's the type of stuff you love to see, man. And especially for, like, rain delay coverage because, I mean, you know, nothing's really happening and stuff. So we, get, we need to see more of that, you know? We need to see more of that. But uh, I, I did love 
love the fuel mileage, man. That was fun. That was, it was cool. Nice and dramatic. Yes. It, for for those, if you saw the race, because I know not everyone gets FS2 because it's buried beneath you know the depths of your uh, channels or TVs or whatever. But <laughs> um, but yeah, that no, was a good race. That was a good race. Um, dang, Joe John Hunter, damn, almost got it, man. It just how many wins does he have this year? Just one or two this year? I think it's two. I don't know. All I know he, is this is Junior Motorsports' first win. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I just brought his name in because I felt like I feel like he should have more at this point. But yeah, it was funny because it started off the broadcast. Um, they were like kind of low-key roasting junior motorsports, like, what's going on? Look at their stats in the first few races here. And then, you know, Justin Allgaier pulls off the victory. You know, much needed victory for that team. Much needed. Well, and Carson got the top five in the race too. Yeah. Right. Uh, and I had I had tweeted I was like I had seen enough of the you know full time Xfinity and then now look now look what he's gonna be driving this weekend so he's moving up the ladder pretty quickly and deservingly so man he's showing showcasing his talent pretty solid I'd say pretty yeah. solid pretty solid race overall mm-hmm. shout out solid. Justin Haley and Ty Gibbs running almost all nine hundred miles on uh, I guess Monday yeah. well Ooh. didn't uh, I believe Justin set a record. Technically, he did because I think that he ran like all he was all of like two laps, so he ran like eight hundred ninety-seven point five miles or something like that. Whoa! Um, and I believe that is a single day NASCAR record. I believe it's, it's a new NASCAR record. Record. That's crazy. Like that. But I see Danny put a poll in here. How many wins did Shooter Motorsports get for the rest of the year? I don't know. I, I have to agree with the with the poll so far. Oh well, now it's changed. I mean, I was going with the one to three at first, just for mm-hmm. now. But I mean, well, I think I we can look at like Sam Mayer, bless him, probably not going to win. Uh, Brandon Jones, bless him, probably not going to win. So it comes down to Allgaier and Barry. And you know, I, combined, think, they won six last year. I think Sam can get a win. I, Brandon <laughs> Brandon concerns me a little bit more because he's look, just not been there. Yeah, that's yeah true. I could see Sam Mayer like winning at least like one on the on the super speed because like he's been a contender there and stuff, but you just can't close the deal. Um, but uh, yeah, Brandon I, I, Jones, can though, see, I can even see Sam showing up at a road course and doing yeah, well. like, but Brandon uh-huh. Jones, though, like, I don't know, like, yeah, I, I expected so much more out of him in that ride this year, and it's just it hasn't gone through yet. So maybe I might be holding out just a little bit of hope that there might be some speed there, but I mean, and it's like, I don't know, for years, the nine has historically been the no number car. that wins championships, that's the flagship number at junior motorsports, yeah, it feels like. and yeah. it's like to see what Brandon Jones has done so far, like. Just feels feels sad. It's just it's just like when Carson Hosevar early on just drove right past him for P nine. I was like, damn man. Like if I, if Carson isn't in the eight next year, I'll be shocked personally because that's yeah. where I, that, I, I he is who I would put in that car after Josh Berry, which it hasn't been announced he's going to go to SHR yet. But that's ultimately the belief right now. Well, yeah, talking about Barry, I mean, uh, everyone talks about him like he's one of the top two one or two contenders and it's like does he really i mean he shows he up the really races good he, wins, he shows up for but the other ones he's like back half the top 10 on a lot of them he yeah. looked really good when he was in those part-time starts trying to earn his full-time ride once he's got the full-time ride he's been good but he hasn't been he hasn't felt the same see i just pulled up the full points right here i'll just go over the top five so john hunter nemechek austin hill justin allgaier Cole Custer, Josh Berry. So, so I mean, two of the top five are junior motorsports cars, but the problem is it's just, you know, one bad thing has led to another sometimes in these races, and, and you know, they just don't win a whole lot so far. And then, yeah, Brendan Jones is like and, – and Sam Mayer are just outside the top ten too if you put the full points together. 
But I, I mean, I could see one to three races. Like, I don't know. I just don't see a whole lot of winning from that team so far this year. And I, think I, I mean, they're to, still consistent. So. I think they'll win four to six. Cause like I said, I think Barry's good for two wins. Uh, last year, all guy got three. Let's say he gets two this year. Cause Jerem's not as good. So there's four. And then there's still room for maybe Sam Mayer to sneak a win out. That is possible. So there you go. I think it's going to be four to six. Yeah. All right. Uh, really, that's about all I think we really need to say about this race. Uh, Seeing the time. We need to talk just a little bit about the truck race, and we'll get into the first Super Chat stage break. Uh, I didn't get a chance to watch truck race, so if any of you guys have any thoughts, <laughs> I don't really have anything to pretty, contribute. It was pretty fun, honestly, to watch. It yeah. Was... So, a uh, funny story, I was at, um, that's when I got into my credentials for the Indianapolis 500 that day, and uh, David Land and Kyle told me afterwards, hey, we're going to go to IRP and watch Silver Crown Racing. I'm like, oh, what? yes, let's go. So, I was watching both that, and I had a fan, um, good fan I was talking with, who was wearing a a a, a full-fledged uh, Mark Martin Viagra jacket, by the way. Viva <laughs> Viagra. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for real. But they were not, hot in that thing. Yeah, but he was, uh, he was streaming the race. He was streaming the race um, while we were watching the Silver Crowns. And then, yeah, let, let me just say this. Bro. First off, shout out to Rajak Karuth, man. He was P2 that first stage. And, and then I don't know what had happened, but some someone messed up on pit road and stuff. And he just basically like just, you know, was, wasn't really seeing the rest of the race. So that that's unfortunate. But also Dean Thompson, too. What in the he is out of him? Wow. Yeah. He just he's good in, there, top, in the top five consistently. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently, I mean, like. I had known him from like the late model scenes and stuff because he used to race at Irwindale. But dang, yeah, I was extremely surprised by that top five. Run, Whoa, run. And uh, David Gillen making his return, yep. I think finished thirteenth or fourteenth. Mm-hmm. Kind of yeah, mention. And <laughs> then uh, I gotta say, this was Carson Hosevar's race. I feel like to win, and he choked it away on that restart. But it was just mm-hmm. a terrible restart. And I know they said some air yeah. was leaking out of the tire, but it, yeah. it was rough to watch that ending where it's like you could tell he was the fastest truck. And he could just not mm-hmm. make his way through. He's been good on the the big faster tracks this year. I mean, he won Texas. I, I agree, he had probably the best one of the best trucks. Although at the end, when Ben Rhodes got to the lead, he he, yeah, I thought I thought it was Heim time. It looked like Corey Heim was moving up there. Heim time it was all over his 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 rear tailgate, uh, as they say. But is uh, that a new saying now? Heim time. Heim, Heim time. time. Yeah, I love that. Uh, and uh, but then Ben Rhodes just pulled away. So like, I don't know. Corey Heim burned up his stuff. Whatever it was, but imagine, it looked good towards the end there. Imagine if uh, Vince Welsh were still commentating truck races. It's Heim time. Heim time. His wheel is yeah. steady. Bye. By the way, I don't know if we have it in the lightning round later, but a lot of people are pointing out that Chris Wright is no longer racing in his uh, ride with Young Motorsports. Oh, yeah. That's right. Well, I did see that. Yeah. But, yeah. But, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. And also, the poll, uh, people say that Junior Motorsports are going to get four to six wins this year still. So Okay. So that's, that's, that's only three more wins, so, and, and you're in that. You're in that ramp, yeah. so yeah. Got these stupid weather alerts today. I don't know what it is. Darian, are you getting on your phone too? And it's the lightning round on the NASCAR Weekly Podcast. Jarrett, what do we have on tap for tonight? Oh, uh, we got a little bit. A lot of it actually showed up today, which is surprising. And it's also funny because there's supposedly scattered storms around us anyway, so it's funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yesterday I saw that. Uh, the plot thickened between Almirola and Bubba and Byron uh, because they all went to the Michigan tire test for Toyota Ford and Chevy. So I figured that'd be 
I wonder, they, they, I wonder just, they push each other after. I wonder if Bubba and uh, and Amarola locked eyes for a second during the test. Sounds kind of romantic. <laughs> a lot of, a lot of tension know. built up there. Yeah, uh, a lot of tension. <laughs> uh, well, there's some tension in the fan base after this one because Bob had uh, tweeted out that Phoenix will return as the finale weekend for 2024. Uh, uh, yeah. And, so. and, and enjoy your $25 crap nachos, everybody. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Hope you have a good time. Sorry, Homestead Miami Speedway lovers it is not returning anytime soon. <laughs> Uh, I wouldn't say that. You never know what 2025, 2025. Uh, I don't know. They invested so much money in that track, though. I don't know. We we, we might race on a snowy Chicago street course. (laughs) Get the plows out, boys. There's not that much snow in November up there. That'd be funny if that were the championship race, though. (laughs) Uh, Well, I'll bring this up as something really cool from a former track that – that hosted championship races. Kevin Harvick's 2001 Atlanta winning car will lead the field in the pace slabs for the summer Atlanta race in July. Oh, it's, like so Ri- cool. it's like Richard Childress looks like showing off. He's like, oh, I still got this one sitting here. Let's bring it out. Come on. And, and it's like he's showing off in his father. Like, hey, right, you guys remember Harvick used to drive for us. <laughs> uh, this was announced a little bit before the stream. Legislation has been filed to lease the Nashville Fairgrounds to Bristol Motor Speedway and SMI to host NASCAR races. Yes, uh, let's go. Let's go. It might have went let's a little go. bit under the radar. Let's go. Make uh, it happen. Now, this was something I saw that was pretty interesting from Kelly Crandall. Uh, Trevor Bain is going to be running an Xfinity race for JGR this year, and he was That's going good. to run full-time this year before his sponsor backed out at the very last second. Oh, See, I, I felt like he ran good enough last year to have earned something. Well, remember, we interviewed him after a top five. I think he finished P2. At, at, at Nashville. Uh, Nashville, yeah. And I asked him like, about I, I wonder a full-time if, gig or I wonder whatever. if that'll be it, or maybe Bristol he's running. Because it hasn't been announced yet, has it? Damn. Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't think The so. race itself hasn't been announced. Oh, gosh. This is next. <laughs> All right, the last one that Darian lost. <laughs> To Amber Crombie and Fitch has become the, a new licensee for NASCAR merch uh, with vintage shirts starting at forty dollars, according to Adam Stern. Hey, let me ask the chat, bro. No, no, chat, chat. And they're not actually the... vintage. I mean, they're, they're retro, maybe. I... Yeah. They, they they just have that soft feel to them. That's all they have. Hold up, hold up. Let me ask the chat something really quick. Chat, look, I'm a little older, so I remember the Amber Crombie and Fitch days when it was popping and stuff. Like, let me ask, do y'all wear Amber Crombie and Fitch, bro? Because like. I, I think it's a dead. Like, oh my god! See, I, I was telling you it. before the show. I remember it from the uh, parody of it in the show sixteen when they called it Amber Crombie and Finch. Oh gosh! Hey, dude. I agree. The Sleepbot O Five YT said, "Who like kids these days don't even know what to yeah. do." That's what, that's what that's what our classmates wore in middle school. Oh my god! Yeah. I found out what the new Bob Pockris says. What you kids need to know segment will be on Amber Crombie oh, and Fish. And also to add insult to injury, Netflix last fall uploaded a full one hour documentary detailing the rise and fall of the Amber Crombie. And oh, because <laughs> there was like a lot of shady stuff. Of yeah, yeah, like with, with like their marketing practices and stuff, with you the know, models and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, guys, like... guys we're, do- we're doing a great job of promoting the brand. <laughs> <laughs> and this week on what we don't like about NASCAR. Oh, well, that's a, that's a pastime for us NASCAR fans. But yes, and that'll do it for this edition of the famous lightning round on the NASCAR weekly podcast. And now, Back to the show. Wait a minute, Eric. What is that? 
What is Guys, that you're holding here? One thing we do uh, promote very well are our sponsors, and we do have a sponsor this week. Uh, across the board, you guys, oh my God, just clobbered the mic with it. Oh my gosh. Across the board, uh, makers of officially licensed NASCAR games. Look at this. Oh my gosh. We all got our hands full of just filling up the screen. Yeah. This is awesome stuff. Uh, Father's Day is just a few weeks away. I think it's about two and a half weeks away. And uh, I think most fathers, especially those that are NASCAR fans, would love to see something like this. Uh, it's handcrafted, made in America, uh, made right here actually in St. Louis where NASCAR is racing at this weekend, which I think is pretty cool. Uh, it's easy to learn, fast-paced, easy to play. It's great for small groups, big groups. It'll last you a lifetime. These things are, as you can probably hear when I just clobbered it with my microphone, uh, these things are heavy-duty. These things are industrial-grade. Um, they're also running a special deal for fans of the NASCAR Weekly Podcast. In honor of Father's Day, if you head to their website, uh, which is across the board game, or if you just head simply to dailydownforce.com, you can check this thing out for yourself, but use code POPS, as in like, hey, POPS, how's it going? P-O-P-S, use code POPS for free shipping. It will arrive in time for Father's Day if you order today. Look at look at Darian, he's putting that thing into practice. He's got the dice, uh, awesome yeah, stuff, really appreciate across the board. They're big NASCAR fans, and you can get this officially licensed NASCAR racing game or the one Darian's holding as well. They have a couple different options. Yeah. And um, also it makes a good hat. Oh, there you go. Look at that balance. Yeah, I just realized that. <laughs> oh, but yeah, it's nice. Stuff. I love it. And I want to thank board. them for uh, jumping on the podcast this week. It's a uh, very yeah, much you. appreciated and, It'll Appreciate be a lot it. of fun when uh, I believe all of us will be in town. And we 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 got our games from them. Well, we got them last year. We've played. We've got to get her at my house and played it some before. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. we'll do it in a couple weeks. Good stuff. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Uh, well, we kind of talked about this briefly. We uh, do need to talk just a little bit about the Chase Briscoe penalty, just for a second. Uh, so I just want to update y'all too on the whole points deal. Now that where that's put them afterwards, because NASCAR was pretty quick with updating this because they had known. They were like, "Oh yeah, you're you're gonna have some stuff thrown your way." So now he is sitting. Let's see, thirty first in the overall standings now after that penalty. Did that? Yeah. Was he ahead of Alex Bowman before? Uh. No, he no. was four points behind him before, and now he's 104 behind him. Oh, okay, yeah. I didn't know if that gave him some more cushion. So just to add, just to add, feel, just just yeah, just to add. Okay, yeah, it to, did, but like just to put it, just to add feel to the fire, he is now below Austin Dillon, Harrison Burton, Chase Elliott, Ryan Priest, Eric Jones, Eric Amarola, and so oh gosh, it is. It's is he is he ahead of Noah Gregson still? Uh, barely. Nah. Yeah. Well, well, actually, no, not barely, but he's 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 ahead of Gregson, not yeah. barely. Well, I mean, like it's like, how on, bad has Noah been? I mean, he's how it's less than a hundred points. Hold okay, on, well, yeah, yeah. I, I hope so. Jesus, how, how many points does Chase have, and how many does Noah have? I okay, so all right, Chase has one seventy-two. Noah has okay, one thirty-nine. Oh my god! Yeah, that's thirty-three yeah, that, points. Or am I that's doing why, the math right? That's why I was so shocked. I was like, oh my gosh, Gregson is is behind still. Like it's crazy. Oh hey. my god. Here's something interesting. Our boy BJ has 78 points. He matched his car number. Hey, <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> Putting those points on the board. Let's go. But, okay, so the Wait. penalty for Briscoe uh, is an L3 penalty because they not only did they illegally modify next-gen parts, they full-on 
uh, counterfeited a next-gen part yep. uh, and got caught at the R&D center this week. Uh, so this is the heftiest penalty NASCAR's handed a team uh, in the next-gen era. I don't know off the top of my head. It might be the heftiest penalty NASCAR's ever given one single team ever. I, I don't. I like. I don't. I don't know numbers off the top of my head. The, it's the equivalent MWR of two yeah, this MWR is... got blasted back in the day, but I think it was a couple of their cars got hit. This is just one car from one team, and their season's over. That's the way I see it. Like At best now, they're a round of 16 playoff exit, because even if Briscoe lucks into a win in these next 11 weeks, mm-hmm. uh, he'll be like negative 20 playoff points. He's not making it out of the first round. And, well, and, and the terrible know, part is they finished 20th. Yeah. And they, they didn't run the illegal part. They were but, 34th in stage one off of speed. D- Jesus. And it's you know what you, you know what you know what said a lot to me though was the <laughs> was the official statement from Greg Zibadelli when when he said that um um the part that got me was oh yeah this is like some sort of manufacturer like issue or whatever so like basically what that tells me is like yeah I think somebody's getting the boot maybe or you know they just don't want to admit you know obviously don't want to admit like oh yeah we you know we we tried and the comment was. Stuff. The comment was a part was on Briscoe's car that should have never been on the racetrack. It's like, well, why do you why do you have a counterfeit next gen part in your shop at all? So, like, so that's it, what it, I'm yeah. saying. So I'm they like, clearly so either, did it on purpose. So yeah, whether, y'all either did it on purpose or somebody's gone rogue within your team. But I doubt yeah. I doubt that. The, I don't know if that happened. Yeah. But Will Will England said he bought it off eBay and just slapped it on there. This is the well, last team put in there. He said he learned to speak Chinese. <laughs> This is the last They're cooking that... next gen parts like Walter White. <laughs> Jesse, God. it's time to cook. Well, they're cooking their season away, basically. But it, yeah. this is this yeah, is the last never team let bro cook like again. This, this is the last science. Team. Like Sorry, this Darian. team, man. I, I know, but this team, man, just out of all the teams, like obviously a penalty of this magnitude would be terrible for any team, but store hot like you are the last team that needs to be doing all this. And 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 you know what's even crazier? I saw what was going like um um what was going around from their social media accounts like I guess like I guess like during the rain delay and stuff like the 14 team was having a good time and stuff and like their haulers or whatever they put out some like funny video or something and I just loved all the quote tweets saying oh well this is why you guys are running 40 seconds look at you guys you're not working and then and then this news comes out today talking about oh we're gonna take away 120 points because of a manufactured part after you guys were running 41st off of pure speed alone. Like, 31st or, or, or only 31st, 37 excuse, cars excuse me i'm sorry 31st excuse me but still it's 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 all bad for that team it's all bad i feel like i feel like we shouldn't keep saying the meme get ready to learn chinese but we need to say like get ready to learn spanish buddy you're going to the mexico series or going to the formula four series the formula four chinese series or something get, no get ready to learn french you're going to the pinty series <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah you're going you're going to europe buddy <laughs> no you're going to canada you know what oh sorry (laughs) you know what though like there was all this talk about like oh maybe zane smith or harrison burton could potentially take over the 10 and then my next thought is why do they want to go over there what uh, i mean let's be honest like look i mean like i mean i mean the wood brothers i mean don't get me wrong it's not like the most competitive team out there but at the moment they seem to be a little more competent than storehouse racing my my question with this is even i have have my question here is if that genuinely help the performance of the car how bad would they have been not doing it that's what yeah that's a good question at this point if i am ford and i want the best for a guy who could be a potential star i'm looking at rick racing and saying hey 
Why don't you sell one of those charters over to Brad Keselowski and get them to be a three-car team again? Because we could yeah. get Zane Smith and RFK and run a lot better. Man, I mean, front row. I mean, front row is better. I mean, why would Zane Smith want to leave there? I mean, like, if Zane Smith hey, got put, a full-time put, ride from Put a little respect on front row. They've been getting top tens the last couple well, of years. Well, that's, that, so, 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 that's so, what I'm so, saying. So, why would he want to leave there? Yeah. Why would Jarrett, want to leave there? Jarrett is no longer McDowell supremacy. He is front row supremacy now. <laughs> well, the empire no, spreads. <laughs> I mean, no. I mean, legit question. Like, if Zane Smith got an opportunity to drive, to drive full-time for front row or storehouse racing, which team would he take? I would take the front row instantly for a full-time See, ride. I don't know. So last week, some you know, I suggested that, you know, is Stuart Haas picking the right guy and picking Josh Berry? Because that's what it sounds like is going to happen. And I got a few comments from people saying, is Josh Josh Berry making yeah. the right decision going to SHR. And I thought about it and I look around. I'm like, look at the cup opportunities that are available. Realistically, SHR is the only remotely competitive co- opportunity he's probably going to get in the near future. So he has to take it. I didn't even think about that. But at the same time, you're right. Like, dang, Stuart Haas Racing may not be the super team we think they are. They have the resources to be a super team, but the performance just isn't there. And like you just said, Jarrett, if they were running 25th with an illegal part, if that was actually making a difference, how bad are they? Normally, like naturally, well, like that's and that. How do you recover from this? I, I just, I, I, it even Roush didn't fall this hard this quickly. No, like, no. what, what is happening? Well, and I'll say, I'll say this about uh, RFK uh, and Barry going, or not RFK uh, of SHR and Barry going there. Uh, he will have, if he does take over the four, he will have Rodney Childers. Rodney Childers has been around True. a while. He has run. Mm-hmm. He, I believe, wasn't he the crew chief? Wasn't he one of the crew chiefs at one point at? Let's say was it MWR? He was an MWR, yeah. Yeah. Um. So he's 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 not you know even with drivers that aren't one of the ten top ten guys in the wins list, he's still been a pretty solid crew chief. Uh. So the four car still, in my opinion, is on a different level because it That's has Rodney Childers. It's probably true. But so is that the problem? Is Klossmeyer and Billy Scott and. Is it who who's in the forty one now? Is it Chad Johnston? Who's who's the forty one now? Are they the problem? I, I don't know. I don't. I don't think it's solely a crew chief thing, though. I mean, I think. Well, I I did a video on this yeah. a while back. I mean, I think it's just a combination of a bunch of factors. I mean, Kevin Harvick really like disguised a lot of the you know like a lot of the flaws of that team. I think looking well, back now, if it were Brian, Brian Price's crew chief is Chad Johnson, by the way. Okay, okay. If if it were crew chiefs, got him fired from Ganassi. <laughs> well, if if it were crew chiefs, then I have a feeling it wouldn't be three cars or two, or half the team most of the time, and it wouldn't be there'd be a difference with drivers. There'd be there'd be some kind of difference made with different changes. But it's like every time they change, it just gets worse. Even if it's good drivers, even if it's not good drivers, so it's like it does feel like the team. It's a team issue, and I'm just I'm kind of wondering too. You know, what what is the fix? Because RFK is better, front row is is better, uh, Penske is obviously better. So you're what the fourth best Ford team at this point. Like I still put him, I'd put him third, but you're right. Front row is knocking on that door. Here's the fix: switch to Toyota. <laughs> okay, so now you're below Joe Gibbs. You're below yeah. 2311, and then Legacy is going to buy in. That's a that's two new teams. Yeah, you might be ahead of Legacy. Per- I, I, I don't know, though, because at this point, if Legacy, I'm, I'm joking. Is, They're not switching to Toyota. I, I, I know, but that uh, a, but that's the thing. And if you go to Chevy, 
Chevy is a you know has more teams than anyone really, and mm-hmm. there's there's no I don't feel like there's any easy fix. I feel like you have to have like a clean reset the way that RFK did. Do you think you know looking back now, and I feel like this is like a a symbolic like beginning of the end moment for this team. Do you think you know Ford's you know looking back at that? 2020 decision not to bring Larson on as a you know you think they're looking back at that no, now no, like oh gosh no, like <laughs> no, I don't think Lar- I listen I don't think Larson would make as much a difference I think he'd perform how he did at Ganassi like is that uh, yeah. the standard that SHR would want to be held to maybe one breakout year every now and then and then a winning year like because that's what he was held back at Ganassi with for the most part I think yeah. Larson would have had a season kind of like he did last year he got a couple wins but it wasn't no, the breakout yeah. year had in twenty twenty one. I agree. It's not. A, I don't think it's really a driver issue. Harvick went from winning nine races a year to zero races, it's like just like team, that. that. That's a car team, team issue and team I don't personnel know, is it, issue. Is it yeah. crew chiefs? Is it Greg Zipidelli? Is it just they got behind somewhere and haven't got caught back up? I don't know. I forgot who it was, and this is the last I'll say on it. But I forgot who it was. But I saw somebody had tweeted or put in like a Discord or something had said, "This is a team that six years ago." Made Eric Almarola nearly a championship contender. Yeah, and now yeah. I mean, done. I mean, yeah, in 2018 he was looking amazing. Yeah, he finished fifth in grades. Yeah, he's great. And he's great. That team was great. Now look, that's great. No longer great. But then every now and again, you know, they come out like New Hampshire, and you know, Almarola just busts out a win. So yeah, something I don't know, something crazy happened. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Well, speaking yeah. of drivers, speaking of drivers. Yeah, him. we it's have time. some more to talk about in the top 75. Yes, sir. Yes, chat. Get ready. We have gone through the first 10, and now we are going through another five tonight, uh, to be exact. Uh, 65 through 61 is up next. Yes. Let's reveal. And let me, uh, I want to pull up my own so I know what I actually said looking back at this team. Yeah, I, I got the graphic. You'll, your yours will be your ranking will be on there. Okay. Yeah, I'm also just looking for my own so knowledge six, too. Well, I'll put it up on there. So 65 was AJ Foyt. Yes, sir. And, and I had him at 68. I talked about that last week. So uh looks like uh, some of y'all brought him up a little bit. Hey, I was right. I had him at 65. <laughs> nice. But – AJ Foyt, I mean, what else can you say? I mean, obviously, just the name alone, I mean, like, you know, like, just speaks for itself, man. I mean, obviously, his career in open wheel speaks for itself for Indianapolis 500 victories. But, you know, in his brief moments in NASCAR, I mean, he was he was pretty solid, man. He was pretty solid. He won a Daytona 500. I mean, he won, like, seven races in not that many starts, relatively speaking. I, I mean, sure, he's he's more well-known for what he did, you know, before NASCAR, outside of NASCAR, but still, like you factor a little bit of that in, which I can't help. Like, can't help but like. Also, he's from Texas, so I gotta support that. Um, but you factor in what he did in NASCAR. I mean, I think he's absolutely deserving of a spot on the top seventy-five list. Yeah. I think where I had him. At, yeah. I think did I have the I have him the highest sixty-third. Maybe no, that's just the Houston I highest. Had, I don't know. I had him the highest at fifty-eight. Oh, fifty-eight. Yeah, there you yeah. go. I see it. I mean, I just saw his body, the, his small. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. The chat barely had him. In. They had chat had him at seventy-third. Yeah, I mean that's what I figured most would have him at, but I'm I'm actually I'm actually pretty surprised y'all had him a little bit higher and well, stuff. I mean, I just saw his small body of work and I was like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what's crazy about that small body of work is the longevity of it too. I'd looked it up to be sure, but he actually his oh, yeah. last race was the 1994 Brickyard 400. 
Yeah, yeah, he um, there, he raced for a while there. There is a reason that Tony Stewart wanted to keep on the legacy of AJ's number fourteen, and uh, it's because he is just a an overall legend of motorsports. Much that, much like how Tony became a legend of all forms of motorsports himself. Um, yeah, I always thought it was very very fitting to go up that. And do you yeah, guys know what his first race win in NASCAR was? It was, was the it? 1964 Firecracker 400. Oh, wow. This is all yeah. pre-restrictor plate, too. So I don't want people yeah. saying, oh, super yeah. speedway. No, back, this has been... Back when it oh, meant God. that you you earned a Daytona win. Yeah, you, based off of strategy, pure guts and stuff. Cause those are, those, it was a beast back in the day. But yeah. You know what I love oh. about this list, though, is uh, like going from 65 to 64. Danny, we go from like... Somebody who was way back in time, an all-time legend, to basically somebody that we all watched as kids growing up. Mm-hmm. Yep. We got Mr. Woohoo in the booth right now. It's Clint Boyer up here in the booth. Hey, you got to call me up, buddy. And I know what some of y'all in the chat are thinking. Wait, Clint's <laughs> on this list? Hear us out. Yes, he deserves to be on this list. Absolutely, 100%. Um, I mean, Clint Boyer's career, I mean, like, you know, came into the Cup Series officially in 2006. And, you know, raced all the way up until 2020. But, I mean, his career overall speaks for itself, too. In 541 starts, 10 career wins, 82 top fives, 226 top tens, four career polls. And, you know, he was only a true championship contender, I would say, you know, 2007, you know, for a brief moment there. 2012. And then 2012 there at the very end, you know. He never 20, really had a 20, dominating season, though. 2018, when he first came over to uh, SHR, he was mm-hmm. starting to look really good. He got the win. He got the, the win the after the snow at Martinsville, and he got the, the rain win at Michigan. Yeah, Michigan. Yeah, well, but and, you know what? And, and Ten you, career wins. Pretty good. Well, and, and you look at his time at MWR, too, and he helped really build that team into a championship contender for the short time he was there. Mm-hmm. Um, it got over. I think it got way overshadowed, and probably rightfully so, by Spingate. Uh, yeah. But when you, when you look at that 2012 run, and while he probably wouldn't have won the championship even if Gordon didn't take him out, the fact that his first year with that team, which people forget, before 2012, MWR was still a joke. Uh, it was yeah. a team oh, that yes. at best was 15th place in points with David Rudiman. Uh, Martin Truex Jr. still really hadn't done anything in the two years he had spent there. Uh, and the year before, Truex was pretty mediocre at best. And Rudiman, I believe, was like at the bottom half of the top 30 in points. And that Rudiman. double zero team turned into the 15 team. Yeah, Rudiman might have got them their first win, and then he just looked very convincing at Chicago Land in 2010. <laughs> yeah, one but, time, uh, but but then at her net, like it all just went downhill from there. Well, and and it, we're we're talking about his MWR days, even his his RCR days. Yeah, was pretty impressive I, too. I, I want. I want we don't to... talk. We don't talk about that enough. H. Scott Clint Boyer is my favorite Clint. Oh Boyer. God! Oh <laughs> no, God! No, but... no, no one wants to remember that. That was a dark, dark time yeah. for Clint the, Boyer. The resiliency I, he showed, though, to get back to an elite team and to winning races and making deep playoff runs, like I also give him some points for that. Mm-hmm. It's like, I, wanted to... I, I like how that car literally just looked like his MWR car, but it was a Chevy and it had a different number font. And Danny, you brought up his RCR days. Like, yeah, his 2007 and 2008 seasons don't get talked about enough. I mean, he only won two races in those two years combined, but 
he finished third and fifth in those back-to-back seasons. I mean, it's well, pretty people, consistent. People forget he was the beneficiary of Kyle Busch, Dale Jr. 08. People yeah, forget he yeah. won that race. Yeah. It's not Kyle Busch. And remember, remember yep. Larry Max saying, here comes Clint Boyer, and there he went. Yeah. Was, was that his first cup win? Second. No, no, no. Uh, second second. Okay. one. His first one was in 07 in the first race for the uh, chase for the cup in 07. Which he finished. He was oh, the yeah. highest finisher in points behind Jeff Gordon and Jimmy Johnson that third. year. Third. Third points. Wait, and I'm sorry, what track was that? New, New Hampshire. Hampshire. Okay, New Hampshire. Yeah. yeah, he got he got a couple wins at New Hampshire, didn't he? Uh, yes. Yeah. the The twenty ten one was the one where he got penalized like one hundred fifty points after. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I remember actually all the RCR cars looked strangely mm-hmm. good in that one. Yeah. Yeah. Wonder why, but yeah, no, Clint Boyer, one of I the just, greatest drivers. I love the ever. change back and forth. I'm gonna say this the entire time because it's so cool to change now from Boyer to the next one. Oh gosh, yeah, this guy. Oh, you're going back to the. Very beginning, basically. Stone Age. Yeah. At 63rd, we have Red Byron. And and no, there's no relation to William Byron at all. No, there's no relation. No yeah. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I, I love the differences in rankings, too, uh, because it's like uh, Danny's the outlier having an honorable mention, but it's like Darian right at the bottom of the list. I'm a little mm-hmm. higher. Eric's a little higher, and the chat just went nuts putting Red Byron uh, nearly in the top 50. But looking at Red Byron's career, it's a very short one. 15 total races, uh, two wins, yeah. first champion, and he won at the Daytona Beach and the Martinsville Speedway. Yeah, and uh, um, his races driving for Raymond Parks, uh, BJ Danton, and, um, or Dayton, excuse me, and then uh, Willie Marks. But, yeah, I mean, back in these days, I mean, like like we just said, this was like, you know, the, the, very, the, the very beginning of NASCAR. So, like, you know, the first season was only like eight races in total, or excuse me, six races, and uh, he ended up winning two of them. Um, one at um, he won the first championship at North Wilkesboro. So, you know what? I mean, North Wilkesboro. You, I mean, really, you look goes at back the, to the history. You look at the races. You know, he he won, and it was only a couple. But in fifteen starts, widely considered one of the best drivers in NASCAR's earliest, earliest era. And mm-hmm. I had him highly ranked again because I think you know, winning meaningful races, or you know. Uh, championships he was nascar's first now cup series champion and i think that deserves uh, certainly a spot in the top 75 i had him just inside the top 60 um and i think that's fair i think that, yeah. that that's a pretty I'm, incredible honor to, to go down in history of having and and hey just to defend it here you know no no disrespect to him but i mean we're talking it's been years since you know he was in the first season of nascar there's been so many other drivers come along that you know, I just, I, I thought you were going to say, I, I thought you were going to say, it's been years. What has he done lately? <laughs> <laughs> what has he done lately around here? No, no, no but I, there's, I get there's, it. There's, there's, there's get so it. many drivers and in, 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 in my personal list, and I know a bunch of people, a few people said, uh, like, how can you have Clint Boyer and no Alex Bowman? I had Bowman on my list. I mean, there's one that took away from his spot, you know? Yeah. But well, yeah, no. And, and, Really quick, I'm double checking, but I believe he was a fighter pilot in World War II. I think uh, so, yeah. And he had injured his legs and had to have a um, almost oh, like a special kind of of leg harness in his car, so he was able to drive too, which I think makes it even more impressive. Yeah. Uh, what he did in that short time, but Red Byron, sixty third on the list. Now I love right. sixty. I love sixty-two. I love who's sixty-second. Yes, sixty-two is definitely a good one. Uh, we've got Mister Sterling Marlin. So, so silver bullet Sterling on here. 
We were uh, really consistent on this one. Danny and Darian yeah. had him 63rd. The rest of us, mm-hmm. 61st. Oh, wow. So, yeah. He, he so that's definitely... how he got right smack dab in the middle and 62. But, you know, and yeah, go, go ahead, Darian. Say, say, talk about what he did in his career. Man, Sterling Marlin's career, man, had one of the most interesting careers in NASCAR history. So his dad, Cuckoo Marlin, was a, a very um, – good driver in his own right just never really had you know the uh, the solid equipment to win in the cup series but sterling marlin um ends up running, winning rookie of the year in 1983 and doesn't win his first career cup series race until 1994 but i mean up i mean up to his um um to his um to his first career um, um cup series victory i mean he was still a very respectable driver he finished top 10 in the standings in a, in the three seasons leading up to that um, but you know, it finally came together for him when, um, he drove that famous Kodak Chevy to a victory lane in the 1994 Daytona 500. That's right. The Daytona 500 was his first career victory I and his won. second, well, yeah. And his second career victory because he went back to back in 94 and 95. And for a brief moment there, I mean, you, you know, if you went to, um, a super speedway track, um, in the mid 1990s, you just knew, that that Kodak, uh, that famous uh, number four Kodak film Chevy owned by uh, Morgan McClure Motorsports was going to be a true contender. But you know what, though? Even though he was up, he found himself down at parts in his career, wasn't winning for a while, but found himself in a, in a solid situation once again because the old Felix Sabatis team was now bought up by Chip Ganassi and in 2001 drives that silver bullet to third in points and gives Dodge their first win in NASCAR that they had for a while. 2002 was a was a championship contender, but unfortunately injuries cut that short. So really, after that, he was never really a true championship contending or, or winning guy again. But still, in his brief moments, he was up. Oh boy, he was up. He was one of the best. And I don't know about these guys if they ever got a chance to see him race in person, but I did only one time in 2009 at Bristol Motor Speedway in the Legends race. He was paired up with Andy Petrie, who helped get him his spot via qualifying. Uh, in a like a celebrity race that they had beforehand, that got him a good starting position. Sterling Marlin went out and got it done in the Saturday Night Special in 2009. So my that's the only time I got to see Sterling Marlin race, and he got the win and the number four car for as a light yeah. model. But but Jared, I mean, just talk about Sterling. I mean, like some of these kids, they don't know, man. They don't know how good he was, man. Really well, don't. I think one thing that we kind of overlooked is he was also really good at Darlington. Uh, got multiple oh, yeah. wins at Darlington. Uh, and he did have a late race resurgence. He had, of course, Morgan McClure and him um, really the peak for that team uh, in the mid-90s. But I just always think of what could have been with him with O2 uh, mm-hmm. because he might not have won that championship, but he should have been in the mix at the end. He should but, have been top top three again, I think. Well, he was the points leader for most of that season. I mean, that was. I mean, think about who was also competing for that championship. You had a young and hungry Tony Stewart looking for his first title. Mark Martin for the upteeth time battling for a championship. You know, I mean, like it was an extremely competitive field. It's just, yeah, it's just you know but the injury if, just cut it short. If that never happened, there may have never been. Well, one that made it on our list last week. There would have never been Jamie Baby. So that's that's funny. Yeah, one guy, one seventy-five driver gets sub for another top seventy-five driver. So it's interesting how that works, but. But yeah, Sterling Marlin, one of the greatest in NASCAR history. Uh, unfortunately, he um, um, is battling uh, Parkinson's. I think that's how you say it. So, you know, but, uh, you know, best wishes to him. Eric, what do you um, think about Marlin? Uh, you guys kind of said it all. I had him high on my list. Uh, two-time Daytona 500 
winner, uh, close to winning the championship. I mean, you guys kind of covered all the bases. Also drove a pretty iconic scheme that I keep just off camera. You can see it during my normal episodes, but I love that uh, silver bullet scheme. So. Oh, I see it down yeah. there. Yeah. Can you see it down there? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. It's, oh, it's it like is. just barely. There it I, is. I can just pick it up. No, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> you keep it right next to the cornflakes car. There you go. Yep, there you go. Beer and cornflakes, uh, that's breakfast of champions right there. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> For, forget milk, I've got beer. <laughs> All right, more. so moving on to number 61. Uh, this is Dick Raffman. Dick Raffman makes it in at number 61. And, oh, boy, he was... I'll be honest, I didn't know much about this guy. I saw he won 13 races in NASCAR's early years in the 50s, and I said, hey, that's good yeah. enough. He's got to be on yep. this list somewhere. Sounds I put good him... to me. But, <laughs> yeah. man, I mean, like, again, it's just another one of those cases where it's like he was one of those early pioneers of um, exactly. sports history where he only raced for five straight years consistently. Like, he never ran a full-time season, of course, because, I mean, they ran so many races, and they were, you know, scheduled, you know, sometimes, you know, two, three races a week back in those days. But in in four of those five seasons, I mean, he finished top 10 in points, won um, very interestingly, had not only had 13 career victories, but also 13 poles and 69 top fives, <laughs> along with 79 top 10s. And See, looking at some of his wins, uh, he I, won I had at a- Martinsville, Langhorn. You know, I had him as an honorable mention, more, and I think it was more because I uh, I had a lot of recency bias on that as well, and kind of like Dan, you were talking about having Red Byron off the list that for more modern drivers who have more accomplished uh, careers in a competitive uh, kind of ring of it. I think that's more where I had it with Rathman. But early on, mm-hmm. definitely a big pioneer. I mean, like I said, 13 wins all between 1952 and 54, one at Darlington in 52. Um, so... Very, still very strong pioneer driver. Yeah. yeah. Also, also attempted the Indianapolis 500 as well. So, I mean, like, I mean, the, that seems to be a common theme for like NASCAR drivers back in the day. They wanted to race the Indy 500 as well, I guess, back in the 40s and 50s. But yeah, yeah no, overall, though, everyone wanted to do everything back then. Yeah. But I mean, overall, 20, 129 starts, 13 wins, 13 poles. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty, pretty great. Pretty good career in that short time span. So, yeah, he uh, is forever enshrined at 61. Oh, and people are pointing out in the chat that while at number 69, we had a man named Dick. This man named Dick had 69 top fives. Yeah, what is what is it What is it about Dick on this list, man? What is it about? What about the name? What about the name? I was like, why is everyone saying nice? That was last week. And I was like, oh. oh, boy. Oh, boy. But anyways, yeah. That's 65 through 61. So really quick, I'll roll through them as somebody outside is like the apartment is going past like a sweeper truck or something. So uh, 65 was AJ Foyt. Then you got Clint Boyer, 64, Red Byron, 63rd, 62nd, Sterling Marlin, and 61st, Dick, 69 top fives, Rathman. (laughs) But anyway, very, very nice choices. Yep. Next week, we will go through 60 through 56 as we continue our list of the 75 greatest drivers in NASCAR history. Getting more and more interesting every week of who we have, where, and why. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So that kind of wraps it up for everything, but we need to preview this weekend's races. We have two tracks we're going to this weekend. 
will be at Worldwide Technology Raceway, as you can see on my shirt, which is in St. Louis, aka Gateway. And also the Xfinity Series will be up at Portland, uh, the road course up in Oregon. A few weekend notes for us. Um, Michael Waltrip and Kenny Wallace will be in the FS1 booth. And this is looking to be another sellout race. I think Jarrett said we'll have a, a crowd size of about 80,000 in the stands for the race at Gateway this weekend. The cup race, just like it was last year, is the Enjoy Illinois 300. There is 240 laps of this race. Stages are broke up into that, right? Wait, am I reading these stages right, Jarrett? Uh, I probably got them wrong. My bad. Okay. Right, we'll, well, we don't have to read the stages. Don't matter. Okay. All right. The race is set to start at 3.30 p.m. Eastern time on FS1 with radio coverage on MRN. Weather for this weekend, it's going to be hot, insanely hot out there at St. Louis. So you two who will be there, make sure you have sunscreen. Make sure you drink plenty of water while you're there. Yes, I have 95, yes, I have 95 degrees, partly sunny and hot with a 25% chance of rain. The track does have lights, so if we need to, we can race it under the lights. The defending winner of this race is Joey Logano. The Xfinity race happening up in Portland is the Office Automation 147. It'll be a 75-lap race. This race is set to start on Saturday at 4.30 p.m. Eastern time on FS1 and radio coverage on Performance Racing Network, PRN. Weather for up there. Uh, it's going to be 80 degrees, mostly sunny and pleasant, only a 1% chance of rain up there. The defending winner of that race is A.J. Allmendinger. And then for the Truck Series race, it'll be the Toyota 200, a 160-lap race, with start time of 1.30 p.m. Eastern Time on Saturday on FS1 and radio coverage on MRN. Weather for that day is 94 degrees, sunny and very hot for a 12% chance of rain. The defending winner of that race is Corey Heim. And as for who do we think is going to do very good this weekend, well, Darian, who is Vegas saying is our betting favorites? And it's showtime. It's time for the betting odds on the NASCAR Weekly Podcast. Kyle Larson enters as this weekend's favorite again at plus 450 uh, with his, um, his um, excuse me, his teammate William Byron um, Byron is um, in P2 at plus 650. Martin Rex Jr. and Danny Hamlin both tied at plus 1,000 apiece. And finally, Kyle Busch ends the favorites category at plus 1,100. But the best for the um, the best of the rest is um, is very easy uh, to read this week because all five of these drivers I'm about to list off are tied at plus 12. Uh, excuse me, at plus 1,200 apiece. So very, um, very close betting odds this week. We got Tyler Reddick, Ryan Blaney, Ross Chastain, Kevin Harvick, and Joey Logano. And finally, for the underdogs, Bubba Wallace is, is a plus 2,800, followed by Brad Kozlowski at plus 3,000. Corey LaJoy in the Hendrick Motorsports 9 is plus 3,500, followed by Ty Gibbs at plus 4,000. And Carson Hosevar making his Cup Series debut. If you just want to go extremely crazy with a bet, a top 10 bet maybe, uh, plus 40,000. So, you know, you can make a lot of money off of just a top 10 bet with them. So that's very interesting indeed. And just wanted to give an update on the Fantasy League standings, the I top just, five. Just read them yeah, off yeah. real quick. Let's get yeah, on the to top the top five really points. quick. Yeah, excuse me. Just let me pull it up really quick. Oh my gosh, this, this freaking website. Come on, come on, NASCAR. There we go. So, really quick, the main fantasy league, Sean at 48 NY is the points leader, followed by Trevor Sports 98, Danny B. Wife, Kenseth's Legacy 2, and finally rounding out the top five is me, 
BFM. And in the second league, we have JC underscore 43, 42 Larson, five Racer Roar, 48, unofficial Illinois representative Josh Wise, and Common Chase L. Elliot are tied for fourth, and that uh, Common Chase Elliot name is very fitting this weekend. Um, but yes, thank you guys so much for playing this season. And ready. There's also something else to talk about. Oh boy, oh boy, Eric, you you ready? You ready, Eric? Just right. another week, another dub. I'm just just chilling out here, mm. keeping y'all at arm's mm. length. Are, are you chilling that much? I was yeah, minus yeah. one last or plus one last week. Now I'm plus eight. <laughs> All right, yeah, Eric. Eric is two seventy two. He has two cup wins, three Xfinity Series wins, and one truck win this season. The chat is second, minus eight from him. They have two cup wins, three Xfinity Series wins, and two truck wins. They're technically better than you in that set, but you still have some consistency on your consistency side. Consistency yeah. is key. Matt Kenseth taught me well. Now, moving into third is danny b i'm Ooh. minus 44 Ooh. i have zero cup wins two xfinity series wins and two truck wins fourth minus 45 back is darian of one cup win three xfinity series wins and one truck series win the new basement boy is our Ooh. old buddy jared <laughs> minus 47 back zero cup wins four xfinity series wins and one truck win i can uh, hang the banner i don't care I have a banner to hang. <laughs> These guys championship. I, you might be basement boy, but we're we're like just standing we're above close. you. We're, we're just we're just looking at you right now. That's what we're doing. Hey, this this year has been close so far. I'm liking this points thing, though. Yeah, I'm loving it. Yeah, there is three guys within three points of each other. So yeah. you know, it, it's long ways to go. But right now, I'm no longer basement boy. So with that <laughs> being said, the new pick order for this week is Eric, me, Darian, Jarrett, and then the chat. All right, I won't so, interrupt, I promise. So, <laughs> truck, truck series win. Uh, Eric, who's going to win a truck race? I've got some bold picks, at least one. I think this truck pick Uh-oh. is bold. I don't know if the Xfinity pick would count as bold. We'll see how you guys feel about it. But my truck series pick to win at Gateway, I think it's a it, – it, Gateway's not a short track, but it's flat. It's got some short track tendencies. This guy doesn't have a win yet this year. Hasn't really led that many laps yet this year, but I feel good about his chances. Ty Majeski wins the truck race. Mm, that's a good one. I also feel like I'm being a little bold with my picks this weekend. I, I just got into third, so I'm going to be bold, I guess. Uh, I'm going to go for Carson Hostabar to win this race this weekend. I'm going to go with Old Reliable. He hasn't let me down so far this season. Corey Heim. It's Heim time. It's Heim time. time. That's Heim time. That's my pick. Nice. And uh and right, right now it looks like the chat is agreeing with Heim time. Oh, there you go. Let's give it to okay. him. All right. <laughs> Need for speed Darian, Darian <laughs> Danny, Darian, and Jared have yeah. a mid off. And now have, have a and you know what the now funny part is? We're still ahead of Ty Dillon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. Um, Hit him where it hurts. But, but but yeah, the chat's going Heim time. Yeah, it's Heim time. All right. All it's right, Heim so. time. The chat got a pick, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh <laughs> all right well it's time time eric picked an xfinity winner yeah this one i see i at first i thought this was the boldest pick of the weekend but i'm i'm not sure i think that majeski pick might have been a little out there um my xfinity series pick is this his xfinity series debut i actually don't know it's not his nascar debut but I didn't know who you're picking. getting behind the wheel of that colleague number 10 we've seen how aj almendinger makes those colleague cars look at road courses jordan taylor <laughs> 
I think that might be bolder than your truck pick, actually. It's borderline. I'm going to go with a little bit safer on this one. I'm going to John Hunter Nemechek for this one. Eric, I'm going bold just like you. I'm not even the points leader, damn it. Jordan Taylor, baby. Let's go. Let's go. Get Dude, that dub, baby. When Almondinger gets sick of running 25th in Cup every week, can he please come back to Xfinity and make this pick easy again? Uh, I'm going to go Taylor. I'm going to go Taylor also. Uh, I was going to go for uh, take a shot at it. Uh, so might as well. So I've, I've got a chance to do something there. And doesn't mm-hmm. look like the chat's going with Jordan. Like, they're not going with Jordan Taylor. It looks like I, they're going I, more I, with, like... I, I'm not sure who they're going with. I, just, I, I see a lot of Creed. Thing. I see a couple of Creed. I think it's between Creed and Nemechek, but I'm yep. not sure. That's who well, we got some time. The, the other ones that we're going to do doesn't really matter as much. So yeah, we'll I'll, 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 I'll just do a little poll here. Yeah, we'll get a little poll. poll. And, poll. and we, we have Creed and who? Nemechek. Yeah, I didn't see a whole lot of Anderson. I would have. I was thinking about Kligerman, but they've just been so off this year. Yeah. Like a lot of it's been just bad luck or just fail, whatever. Uh, but I was otherwise thinking of going Kligerman. Mm-hmm. But while he gets right. that pull up, all right, um, a- answer poll, oh. mate. Go ahead. Oh, he already has it up. There you go. <laughs> so, yep, Creed and Nemechek. Well, let's continue. What's next? Suck. Yeah, who's gonna? Who's just gonna suck in the Cup race, Eric? I don't want to pick on him while he's down. I like Chase Briscoe a lot, but that team is reeling. I'm gonna go Briscoe. He was pretty good at Wilkesboro though, which is kind of similar. He, it's kind of like a short. It is a short track. Didn't it's kind he of like win gateway. the pole here last year? Yeah, Ford's not. Ford had a great gateway last year. I I know Blaney just won, but like we talked about earlier, he was kind of the only Ford minus maybe Brad Keselowski who looked remotely relevant. Mm. All right, my suck pick. It's probably been years since he got to come race here in a truck series because. Xfinity Series didn't race here, um, and he didn't run his race last year. It was Almendinger, so I'm going to go if Noah Gregson was suck in this one. Um, Team Penske had a hell of a weekend, but I feel like this guy's just been there. I mean, he wins the 500, and then what's he really done since? I mean, I'm not saying he's terrible, but, I mean, compared to what Blaney and Logano are doing right now, I mean, Austin Cindric's been off this year. And, you know, it's just one of those sophomore slump deals. I mean, I hope he gets better. I'm not saying he's a bust, but, I mean, I hope he gets a little bit better by the end of the year. But right now, he's going to suck. Uh, you know, I, you said that you couldn't say he sucked, but he's uh, he's only in the top 20 because of penalties and people being out. Uh, he's probably been he's probably would have been around 22nd, 23rd in points. So I'm going to go with Cindric, too. Cindric has been probably my biggest disappointment this year because he was honestly – kind of consistent last year mm-hmm. and has just fallen off a cliff. Yeah. I mean, he wrecked in the 600 thing again. So, and then almost overwhelmingly the chat all agrees that chase Briscoe will suck this weekend. Shocker. Yeah. That's and pretty now close, pretty close who ball. will be the dark horse for the cup race, Eric? Ooh. I didn't have a pick settled on this. I wanted to look up some numbers real quick just to sort of kind of back me up on this, but I'm feeling I'm going to go Eric Jones. Yes, this is what I remember. I remember that Bomberito car. Uh, he ran top 10 here last year, and I know Legacy had one of the all-time fail weekends in NASCAR history, but Jones was running up towards the top 10 early until apparently just a fluke deal ran over some debris. Um, so I think Eric Jones, he's probably he's the best driver they have on that team right now. I think he's capable of another top 10 run, even though Legacy is is also kind of reeling. One of the few times I'll get to say this, and especially since he's in this car, make the most of it, Corey LaJoy. 
See, I'd I sent, y'all would go with him. I had yeah. sent I sent my underdog pick before all that was announced. So I picked it was originally going to be Ty Gibbs, but I'm going to go with Hosovar, man. Like I mean, you know, coming in the seven on short notice, man. Like he has you know the opportunity to really turn some heads because like I don't think I mean nobody's really expecting a whole lot from him, but. I mean, if he's somehow able to run at least like top 20 in that, you know, in his debut, like that would be mighty impressive, you know, alone. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with him as my underdog pick. Well, we are 14 races in. We are over halfway through the uh, the regular season. And this guy at the moment is 87 points to the good in the playoffs. I don't think anyone was – I think many might have picked him to be an outsider to make the playoffs, but not to be this far in this late in the season. I'm going Christopher Busher. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hey. right. Roush is coming back, man. And, hey, thank you, Kislowski, yep. bringing that historic team back. You know? And then the chat is with me. They're going to Coral Joy, it looks like. Mm-hmm. Likewise, the chat for Derek Finney win. They are going with John Hunter Nemechek. That yep. is the winner between mm. him and Creed. Close and now for the main event, who's going to win? Who's going to win at Gateway, Eric? Can we get a new points leader? I'm sick. I always get at, you know, Eric going first. <laughs> we go first uh, anyway at the check. I buy him. Oh yeah. Yeah, you guys you got some ground to make up. Uh I'm gonna give a I'm gonna leave the door open this week. This was a tough race to predict because you'll get last year's results. And Gateway's kind of its own thing. There are other flat uh one mile type half mile type. Like there are other tracks similar, but Gateway is pretty unique. There's not a ton of a there's not a huge track record. Their cup just started going there last year. But you look at last year's race, three Fords in the top five, guys like Joey Logano, who I think is a little off right now. Eric Amarola got a top five last year. I don't trust him to repeat that. Ryan Blaney was in the top five last year, led a handful of laps, but and he's coming off a win. So I, I was tempted to go Ford, but I just couldn't because Ford by and large has struggled this year by their standards. So I looked at Toyota and I'm going to go with a guy who's also had good success at shorter, flatter ovals in recent years. He finished top 10 here last year. I'm going to go Christopher Bell. All right. And mine is step a little bit out there. But overall, he's doing really good this season. Actually, him and his teammate both are doing really good this season. They're both in, they're both in the playoffs as of right now. But I feel like this could be the track where he could finally get it done. He's shown success here years past in other series. I'm going to go with Brad Keselowski to get the win this weekend in Gateway. I like that. I like that one. Hey, look, it's been checkers or records for this guy. He's the odds-on favorite. I got some ground to make up, so don't want to take too many risks. I got Kyle Larson winning this weekend. Well, I'm looking for redemption both on my end and then on my pick end. And I think this guy has the most redemption to get this week, both from last year in this race, having to basically putter around after being put in the wall. And then after this past week, I think he's going to do what Kyle Larson did last year after being right hooked into the wall. And Denny Hamlin, my pick to win. Damn, so we all have different picks. Nice. And I think that's it. I just yeah. was thinking it's you know it's June. I'm just thinking of uh, when we all had that one race uh, watch along party over at your house, Danny. Jared, oh. it's June. Oh yeah, that's right. Inside Feels like yesterday, and and and, and let me be after dark. Yep, Feels like yesterday. Right. Feels all like right. yesterday. We need to go. Bye bye. Yep. Hey Chase Elliott, say combo on three. Oh, one, two, three. Get, combo, combo. Yeah. get ready to learn Chinese, buddy. What the? Down. We had to go plan. Unbelievable.